and then you'll let me live? Let you live? No. Of course not. And that would ruin the menu. We're all going to die tonight. Isn't that right? Hey yo, what's going on friends? Welcome back to another thrilling episode of In Madness Pod. It's Sean the Butcher. I'm here with my pal Vertebrae 33. What's going on? Hey Sean, how you doing? What's going on? I'm good. I think we can congratulate ourselves because we have finally reached one dozen episodes. Wow. You know that? I think that deserves this. Oh, slow cl- uh, just, just one, one clap. clap. Just one yeah. clap. <laughs> and if that's not special enough for our dozenth episode, we have a very special guest, a good friend of mine, Chef Brian Sow. What up? What up? Good to be here. Thanks for having me. From Mission Sandwich, 326 Bedford Ave, Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, many sandwiches, including my signature sandwich that we worked on, the Hail Sean. Definitely Amazing. one of the most popular sandwiches as too, as well, too. So you should be proud of that. The biggest, baddest, best sandwich in the five boroughs, possibly the whole East Coast or the world. I, I would say the world. The world. My yeah, man, man, my man, Sean Bryant, was the winner of Beat Bobby Flay. Uh, he has his very own YouTube channel and show, Pro Chef Reacts. I always see your ass on TikTok with these funny videos. <laughs> uh, also, the guitarist of Lost Becomes, one of my favorite bands. Shout out to Lost Becomes. Thanks, buddy. Anything else I'm missing? What else? What else do you do? Uh, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. And uh, I don't get enough sleep ever. But yeah. you know what? Such is life. And, uh, you know, when you're when you're busy hustling, you don't you don't get much sleep. So. It's awesome. But that's what that's what like a night like tonight is for. You know, kick back with some good people, have a drink and, uh, you know, watch a good movie. That's what I haven't done in a while. That's what I'm saying. We're sitting here and we're going to talk about a movie that ties in perfectly with your profession, because when I hit you up and ask you to do this show, you're not you're like, I'm not the biggest horror guy. But that's what I love about this show that we have created It is not strictly a horror platform. Vertebrae, you and I were just talking about this. We kind of stretch the boundaries. Yes. Yeah. uh, Sci-fi. Sci-fi. Weird movies. Uh, This this movie fits perfectly. I, I I hadn't seen this movie. So and I shotgun movies to the podcast. So now I've seen it. Three three and a half times in a period of a couple of days, so I'm in a weird headspace right uh-huh. now from this movie. <laughs> not not sure how hungry I am right now. <laughs> <you know? laughs> uh, if vertebrae, if you want to give us the intro, what movie we are doing for our dozenth episode with our guest Chef Brian Sal from Mission Sandwich? Amazing. So we're doing the menu. Came out in 2022. Director, we butcher all the names. Uh, by the way, can I call you sh- just Chef? Or I'm just going to call you Chef. By the no, way, sure. Chef. okay. Yes, yes no Chef. Problem. Yes, it's amazing. Yeah, we'll just yell that every <laughs> once in a while. Uh, Mark, my my lod. Writers: Will Tracy and Seth Reese. Um, and the soundtrack, Sean, is Colin Stetson, who is hereditary and oh. our favorite color out of space cool and you notice in this movie when you rewatch it now when it kind of hits the fan it gets very color out of space the soundtrack at that moment it's amazing mm. one of our um, favorite in madness movies color yeah 
the cast is Ralph. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Fiends, Fines. Fines. I, always, I always say Fines. Fines. That's what I was thinking. Chef Julian Slowick. Uh, Nicholas Holt is Tyler. Anya Taylor Joy as Margot slash Aaron, I guess. Uh, John Legazama is the movie star. That's what he's billed as. They didn't even give him a name, which is amazing. Uh, Judith Light. As Anne, I didn't list everybody, but like Angela from Who's the Boss is in there. You gotta, you gotta oh, shout really? out. Whoa! Wait, whoa! Hold on. Yeah, holy <laughs> crap, Miss Miss Liebrandt. That's Anne, uh, from Who's the Boss, the older lady. That's Angela from Who's the Boss. Wow, I love that show. Who's the Boss, man? Whoa. Yeah, Ju- Judith Light. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> Hey, look at that. I got yeah, one earlier. That's cool. I'm kind of yeah, my mind's kind of blown now. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize it until until you said who's good the job, ball. vertebrae. Hey, yeah. I'm done. I'm gonna go now. See yeah, you. Yeah, later, later. It was over. <laughs> Great episode, guys. Great 12 Thank episode. You uh, we'll see you in episode 13. <laughs> um and uh Hong Chow as Elsa, who does like an, an amazing job. That that character, her performance is ridiculous. Tortillas. Yeah. So, oh yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> and uh, it was filmed in in Georgia. Uh, and then one other thing, I just need I need Chef's help with this. So, one of the writers confirmed that it was based off a real restaurant, mm-hmm. and he said it's off the coast of Norway. Mm-hmm. Have you Noma? ever heard of this restaurant? Is it called Noma? It's called Cornelius. Sayomas oh i'm not I'm, no then i'm not familiar yeah. with it yeah and they said it's like like that restaurant it's also on an island and uses ingredients um there from mm-hmm. that they grow themselves to create it but I, I i butchered that name but uh everyone in norway's mad at me now but that's okay yeah that's totally for all our norwegian listeners yeah yeah i think we had one sean i think i would have looked at the Oh yeah! Shout out to Norway from In, just, In Madness Pod. We love you, Norway. Yeah, he or she just dropped off after. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> but awesome. Well, we'll we we'll, we have a lot of questions for you, Chef. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're gonna bring you in just in case yeah. you fall in the background. Uh, if, if you're not jumping in when you want, we're, we got questions for you anyway because this movie is bat shit crazy and very funny but it's also very self-aware of how crazy and funny it is i absolutely Uh, love this movie so i'm stoked yes uh you guys ready are we gonna jump into it let's go do it all right right. so we start the movie off and margo's lighting up a stove she's with her date tyler uh this dork is already annoying to me this is beast (laughs) from the x-men from the new x-men yeah yeah (laughs) uh he's sitting there complaining about how she's smoking is going to ruin her palate Chef, mm. is this true? Yes, it is true that smoking can, uh, you know, affect your palate. Uh, I think the most notable thing is that your sensitivity—I'm sorry, your sensitivity to salt starts to decrease. Really? Is from what? Yeah, is huh. from what I'm told. Now, I used to be a smoker, a regular cigarette smoker, and I was also a smoker uh, for the early parts of my career. I I uh, quit almost over 10 years ago now. So I really don't remember. Um, I do remember when I first quit that I did notice, uh, I I, I guess the best way I can describe it is almost like I had more attention to detail after a few weeks, you know, a couple months. But, you know, when you're smoking, you don't realize it then either. 
you know um so and it's you can't possibly aim a a b it but yeah no smoking can definitely affect your palate for sure that's probably why i oversaw every single thing <laughs> i eat i drowned <laughs> it in salt when you made my sandwich the first thing i asked can you put salt on it <laughs> <laughs> and and uh chef i got a question so so our our guy tyler here yeah right with is he considered a foodie Yes. Uh, there's a couple different kinds of foodies. There's the very irritating type of foodie. And then there's the legit type of foodie. You know, I, I guess that can be said for everything, right? Like you can have a really annoying music fan and you can have someone that's like equally as much of a music fan. But I would say just more self-aware and not socially awkward and doesn't like, you know, uh, not a punisher, not a punisher. Yeah, more or less. And the same exact thing happens with the food world. Uh, to answer your question, though, is Tyler a foodie? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Okay. <laughs> also he, a punisher. He's he definitely a punisher. Yes. He doesn't feel like punisher. he enjoys it at all. Right? We'll get into it. But it just seems like he, he <sighs> I don't know. Like, it's like a, he's got an interesting relationship with it. It's obsession. It yeah. is all out yeah. obsession. Yeah. Oh, but yes, we're going to get into it. So she okay. laughs him off. Uh, uh, he tells her uh, how serious this night is. The flavor profiles are super delicate. If you smoke, you won't be able to appreciate it, like Chef said. Mm -hmm. uh, he begs her to put out the cigarette. She does. Here comes the boat. We get this high, classy, some high, classy music, classy boat, classy guests. Uh, there's 12 customers at 12.50 ahead. Oh, man. Margo asks if they're eating a Rolex. Uh, he tells her to go with the flow. She's fine with because he paid the, for the entire night anyway. And at this point, we believe, right? We we spoil everything almost immediately. Chef. Immediately, yeah. Well, I'm surprised we haven't ruined the ending yet. But but like we we believe they're a couple. When you rewatch yeah. it, you kind of see all the points. But at this point, it's just he's just kind of you know an arrogant boyfriend. And something. she's hugging on his arm. They seem, yes. they seem right. quite happy. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. And here comes the crew of douchebags. <laughs> I dislike pretty much everybody in this entire movie, but I guess that's the point. Uh, we get our crew of three young frat dudes. I don't I'm just calling them the frat dudes. Uh, they charge their bill to accounting. Tyler is not happy to see them. He's like, the food's going to be wasted on them. Yeah. Uh, and then walks on an older gentleman with his wife, Mr. And Mrs. Lee Brandt, who is, Angela from Who's the Boss? Crazy. Uh, so Margo makes eye contact with the older gentleman and goes, fuck. So they have a history immediately off to a bad start. Yeah. Tyler spots Lillian Bloom and her mindless assistant that follows her around deeply inhaling her farts. <laughs> uh, do you know any Lillian Blooms, chef? Uh, remind me of the Lillian. She Bloom was character. the uh, blonde lady who was the the critic. high class, uh, what the food oh, critic? Yeah. yeah, and she yeah. had oh the, yeah, the yeah, dude who agreed with everything she said. Yes, yes. Uh, so I don't personally know anyone like that. Uh, to be completely honest with you, I'm not really involved in the food scene to that capacity. I've always just kind of walked my own path and did my own thing, never really cared about trends or there was a period of time where I was really into the trends and reviewers and things like that. But I would say the last 10 years of my career, I've been doing this for nearly two decades now. I would say the last 10 years of my career, I just really couldn't give a shit, you know, and I just do my own thing. 
Um, But I do know that those types of reviewers uh, exist and those types of foodies exist. uh, And I find them completely unbearable. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. That's what I was hoping for. And I can get to it later when we get to it, but there's a deleted scene Mm -hmm. on this boat that they, do you you want me to get to it now or? Uh, Am I going to lead my way up to it and you want to cut in then or you can go to it now? Uh, I don't know. Keep going. We'll see. Okay. So Margo's asking who the hell Lillian Bloom is. We find out, of course, she's a highly praised food critic. Uh, Tyler goes, it's official. Tonight is going to be madness. And here we are in the In Madness podcast. Ta-da! Oh. Margo is not stoked. Uh, All aboard for the Hawthorne. All aboard. Everyone hops in the boat. They're headed to the Hawthorne. Hawthorne Island. We see John Leguizamo and his assistant. He's making jokes with the three rich frat guys. Uh, they're, of course, too young and cool and rich to care. I hate them so much. Uh, he walks away. The frat dudes start ragging on him. Oh, we got a star on board. Yeah, but too bad it's not 1998 anymore. So clearly Leguizamo is past his time. Uh, but Margot freaks out when she sees him because she saw all his movies when she was a kid. Tyler informs he's a big foodie. Well, he thinks he is. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you, Brian. So, like, do you have people who like there's so much foodies that they look down on other uh, foodies? Yes. Um. Oh my god. And those are another group of people that I can't fucking stand to be around. Um. And, and I'm making my se- myself sound like a very angry, negative person, Sean. You know me very well. It's very much not the case. But always uh, smiling. Always smiling. But yeah, in in that scenario, um. Yeah, I find I, I I would say those are the worst types of foodies. People who think they're foodie and sophisticated, and just have a lot of verbal diarrhea when they're speaking to you about food. They're just saying the most fucking obvious things, like, "Oh, you know, the the salt just makes this so delicious," and it's like, "No fucking shit," you know, like, "Come on, dude." Or, um, I just hear it all the time, and I, I would say they were the worst. But I do want to touch upon the frat guys or the hedge fund guys. Or yeah, whatever, whatever they are. I don't yeah. even know what to call them. Whatever yeah. you want to call them, right? Uh, they're another group that is, I would say, equally as despised by me in the sense that they just have the meat. And God bless them that they make that kind of money and that they can splurge on stuff like that. Must be nice. Must be cool. But I really hate it when people treat the art of food as a and it's inevitable but in this particular case with something so refined um them just kind of treating it as uh, another materialistic good that on them is literally being wasted and you know it, it turns it goes in one way it comes out shit the other way but with these dudes in particular it's just a status symbol and that irks me as well um I feel like I'm in a therapy session right now. No, it's great. It's great because that's they're building up all these characters. So you yeah. just feel they are vile with the exception yeah. of like Leguizamo. Yeah. Uh, the rest of them just seem like vile, vile creatures. So you have no sympathy for, for any of them. No, they, they're setting this up very, very early on. They're all like, Halloway in Prometheus. Yeah. Oh, geez. Sean hates Halloway. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they. Wait, which one's Holloway out. again? He was the guy who gets infected. He was. Uh, oh, oh yeah, fuck that yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sean really hates that guy. I gotta find that action figure for you. Yeah, but uh, it, it's interesting. So that uh, you know, I go in the gnarly bits, and I didn't have a lot here. But Hawthorne Island, right, it's where they're headed, 
it's a fictional location that's filmed in Georgia and some lake or something like that. But the thing is, is that uh, I was thinking about him like Hawthorne. I'm like a possible reference to the American novelist Nathaniel Hawthorne. And he wrote in the 1800s fiction work and was considered like dark romanticism. But the theme centered on sin and the inherent evil of humanity. So I, I'm thinking there's no way that's an accident that they mm. called this Hawthorne Island, right? This is all what we're talking about as this is going down and everybody gets exposed for all of their wrongdoings or sins or negative personality traits, um, except our hero, right? We do have, we do have a hero. Yes. Um, So first we're served our first dish, an appetizer, a raw local oyster and mignonette emulsion with lemon caviar uh, essentially, it's yellow beads with soap bubbles. And it looks like David's food from Prometheus. Uh, Margot goes to touch it, but of course, this ass Tyler slaps her hands away so he could take a picture of it first. He's like, the lemon pearls are made from alginate, which yes. is algae. Margot goes, pond scum. Tyler gets offended <laughs> at this thought of pond scum. He scoops it down, this gross-looking thing, acts as if it's he's taken to another plane of existence from how delicious this pond scum he's eating is. And Margo's like, yeah, it's all right. He's like, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, I think it looked disgusting to, to, to a chef. It, this may be, is, is this a delicious first, you know, appetizer plate or. Yeah. I- so um, I will say pretty much everything as far as the visualization of the you know, ex- I'm trying to make myself sound smarter than I actually am. And I'm really not. Uh, it's also I'm a I'm a, I'm an early sleeper. So I'm already like kind of. Mm, but um, let me let me stop trying to make myself sound smart. Um, everything as far as the execution with the food goes in this movie, uh, not, you know, forget the first course. The whole movie is fucking amazing. Absolutely amazing. And so well done. And I. Every dish, with the exception of Tyler's dish that we'll see later, <laughs> is an absolute piece of uh, is a piece of art. It's oh, just man. like they're all masterpieces. And uh, while I can understand why you think it looks kind of gross, you know, as far as like my perspective and going to culinary school and being fortunate enough to have crazy dining experiences throughout my career that I couldn't afford. Don't think riches uh, chefs make big money, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, they're they're absolutely amazing. You know, you were talking about how the um, the pearls were made with alginate. That is an actual ingredient, an actual mm. technique to get those pearls. And it is made with algae, but it is flavorless. And it's used as a thickening agent to give you those little pearls, you know. Um, and I do agree with Tyler in that for a dish that's this simple and broken down and, you know, kind of broken to its bare essentials and you really want to taste the food for its purity, which the Japanese are amazing at, um, you know, kind of keeping things very simple and you want to taste the ingredients for what they are. Uh, Yeah. You know, the simplicity of that, the presentation is obviously very dressed up, but just the fact that it's highlighting 
the oyster itself. I think it's it's genius, and I think it's amazing. And I think I'm sounding like all the assholes that I was just talking <laughs> shit about. Um, so I'm gonna go back to my uh, my uh, my beer here. I was gonna that's say okay. that's that's a very bad sign because I'm not a big seafood fan, and all of the food in this movie grosses me out to such a high degree. So we are gonna disagree throughout this entire episode, which is just gonna make it so much more fun. I'm gonna uh, say for me. Not all of the food grosses me out. Okay. There, are, there are two food items in here. And, I get And, and I, I don't know. know if the other ones gross me out. Like the, visually, they're beautifully put together. Uh, uh, it's amazing. All, all of the pontificating on it dri- drives me nuts, you know, because I think, you know, you shouldn't, as an artist, right? I don't want people to tell other people how to interpret my work or, in this case, how to taste the food, like, oh, you don't taste, you know, this or, or, or that. Look, let people enjoy it the way their body is capable mm-hmm. of enjoying it. Uh, but, yeah, there are two big food items uh, in, in this movie that I would have right now. Right. OK, now. <laughs> OK, we'll get to it. They arrive at the island. Margo and Tyler go to check in with the host. We find out uh, Margo has replaced a previous date. Tyler was supposed to bring the dinner. Uh, the host stares at Tyler, very upset for an uncomfortable amount of time. Uh, reluctantly lets them in. The boat leaves. Margot does not seem happy that the boat is leaving. Uh, the host is leading them to dinner. The three frat dudes ask John Leguizamo what he's working on. He's in the presenter phase of his career. His better <laughs> days are behind him, clearly. Uh, our host tells us the island is 12 acres of forest and pasture. She shows them man harvesting the scallops that they are going to eat tonight. Lillian Bloom is telling her dumb assistant she's enjoying the food and the atmosphere, but she's using this ridiculous, rich people, snobby critic words, and her assistant is trying to throw his own rich person, (laughs) snobby critic words, and she disapproves because her rich person, snotty critic words are better than his rich person, snobby. It is the worst. It is disgusting to watch. The worst kind of people on the planet. And I would say on an amazing beach, though, like that beach with all that wood and just the visuals of that, these, you know, what amount of giant pieces of driftwood in a lot of ways is just just amazing juxtaposed against people that you don't want to get stuck to, you know, stuck next to on a plane or Or in this case at a restaurant. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, the host is walking in through the beautiful garden. Tyler's picking at the spices. There's a beehive. I guess they make their own honey. Uh, the crew is walking, and Leguizamo lets the frat guys know uh, that he is close personal friends with the chef. <laughs> Sidebar, vertebrae. Remember yes. we went out that one time to dinner with that guy who was close personal friends with the chef? Yes. And said he'd come out and lick his toes or whatever he'd want and left us with a $500 bill. Wait a uh, minute. Because Gam Gam felt dizzy or some shit. Wait a minute. What <laughs> restaurant was that? I don't remember. I don't remember. It was a big. <sighs> yeah, it was a bigger restaurant. But uh, yeah, we got we got uh, somebody was... who who was friends with the chef and uh, bailed on the bill and left. Oh, us my everything. God. That Oof. was fun. <laughs> There's a special place in hell for people like. that. Yeah. Everyone's chef... always friends with the chef. But chef I, Brian, I... what places have you worked at in the past? Um, so I've worked at Telepan, um, you know, no longer there, unfortunately, but, a you know, really amazing slow foods, farm to table type restaurant early in my career. Um, I've worked for a chain of restaurants out on the West coast called Liang's kitchen was a 
Taiwanese noodle shop. I would say my latest claim to fame is uh, Beauty in Essex, which is uh, uh, Chef Chris Santos's, you know, flagship re- restaurant, flagship Beauty in Essex restaurant. He's got multiple ac- across the country now. But uh, Chef Chris Santos is also a judge on Chopped. So probably one of the hardest bosses that you can ever have as a chef. Uh, amazing experience. Yeah, those are, you know, to name a few. So, mm-hmm. Sean. That restaurant we went to was Beauty and Essex. Beauty and Essex, yeah. It was one yeah. of Chris Santos' spots. Yeah, the guy's like, yeah, Chris Santos is going to come out and he'll, uh, he'll, he'll strip on the table for us and uh, we'll, he'll, yeah. he'll take care of the whole table. So what's crazy, too, and we'll, we'll finish this tangent quick, but we, <laughs> we went, a bunch of us went. There were dudes from uh, Metal Sucks and Metal Injection. Everything. Right? Was the yeah. whole Wait, when was this? A couple years ago. Before the pandemic, so okay. 2018, 2017, and um, we went under the guise that the person who was guiding us was like going to hook us up, uh, and then we got there, and he kind of bailed, and then- but Before we, water even came out. Yeah, to the we table. were left with like this astronomical bill. <laughs> I, it was like a ridiculous bill. I just remember, I, I don't know how much it was each. It was a- couple hundred bucks each that I was think. a legendary dinner good time yeah. though and i think there were a lot of us you know like seven or eight of us there but yeah we still every once in a while we'll text about that yeah uh, with <laughs> other to for this great story yeah uh sean you got to tell me who that is after uh, yeah of course call. i know exactly i have his name right here i can say it right now but i will not <laughs> blow up anybody's spot on the when podcast. the mic when the when the recording is off you'll tell yeah. them all about yeah. it yeah. but i like to walk into mission and i could be like uh, I'm friends with the chef. Everybody <laughs> wants to be friends with the chef. Uh, gosh, I've I've had that go go wrong a few times as well. Uh, people coming into the restaurant. I know Chef Brian, and then they expect to get comped. Nah. Like, I'm like motherfucker. Even if you were my friend, don't my friends don't expect to get comped when they come to the restaurant? Right. It's a home. business. Yeah. It's a business. Yeah, I get that too. Hey, can you draw this for me? And then it's like, yeah, it'll be this. Wait, what do you mean? You just don't draw for free all the time for no reason? It's like, no, yeah, not at all. Hell no. Uh, the host shows them this awesome smokehouse they have built where they age the meat for 152 days to relax the protein strands. Chef, is this making sense to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. The smart ass frat boy asks, uh, what if it served on the 153rd day? Would all <laughs> hell break loose? And the host goes on this lengthy description on how it would kill them and goes, Yes, all hell would break loose. <laughs> Everyone laughs very nervously. She tears open the door to the sleeping quarters. It looks like the army, perfectly made beds, lockers. This is where we live, she says, except chef. Lillian Bloom spots one toilet out in the open, no walls for the entire room. Something clearly strange is happening, and it's getting stranger by the second. Yeah, and one of the frat boys like does this weird move where he sits down on one of the beds. I was like, that's insane. Like You just walked into what amounts to somebody's bedroom, and you just, oh, I'm going to sit down. And that is another piece they're giving us of that character. We're just not going to be upset anything that happens to that guy. That's why they're the frat boys. (laughs) The host says we're family. Each day starts at 6 a.m. with five hours of prep. We we harvest, ferment, slaughter, liquefy. We gel. Margot goes, we gel quietly. And then the host goes, we gel. (laughs) Stranger and funnier by the second this movie. Dinner is four and a half hours. Ends past two in the morning. Frat dude asks if they ever get burnt out. Burnt out? 
Chef holds himself to the highest standard, and so do we. We never burn anything unless by design to make delicious. Now, who's hungry? <laughs> now, Chef. Yes. As Jonestown as this is already seeming to be. Yeah. Is this your dream come true? Fuck no, God. <laughs> Fuck that. Your own God. island, your own staff who sleeps no. in one room, fresh no, vegetation? No. no, no. I My favorite type of cooking is like getting a really sick Airbnb with a, with a pool and a grill outside and a sick-ass big open kitchen. And every it's just like a communal thing. You know, everyone's – someone's helping me pick herbs. Someone's helping me peel something. We got a few bottles of wine cracked open, maybe some hard liquor going, and we're all just chilling. We're all just chatting. We're all, you know, it's a communal experience. This is very militaristic, and it may be a dream for some people, but I find it kind of sick. Okay. okay. I sick, was like... sick in both, like, it's pretty, like, fucking cool sick, and then also <laughs> sick, like, you have to be sick in the head to, like, actually make this happen. But because of that, it's kind of cool too. I hear you. This would uh, drive me nuts, Sean. A meal that lasts four four hours, like hanging out, like like Chef described, and having drinks and cooking and everybody. That would be fine. But just but sitting this there. feeling like a guided tour would would absolutely drive me nuts. Like I would immediately want to break any rule they put in front of me because I I just wouldn't want to be self contained. Uh, and and they all should have been. By the way, if we jump all the way forward, like why was. Uh, forget it we'll get there <laughs> yeah go ahead uh, our host Elsa is walking everyone to dinner Tyler asks her who lives in the other house oh that chef Tyler wants to check it out even we are not allowed to disturb the chef in his living quarters Margot jokes they mustn't disturb the high emperor of sustenance and then they enter the dining chamber and wa- Margot watches them shut the door behind her and again is not looking stoked about it cool door though but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool really spot is. cool island man i i mean they say you pay for the experience i would i would i would pay for this experience but not for this food sorry chef <laughs> uh, everyone's seated at the table and there it is out in the open all the cooks prepping the food for our guests uh chef did you ever work in a kitchen like this like an open kitchen where everyone can watch you uh, i'm trying to remember that high no, anxiety no, if, it, if you no, ever no. had to do that i would say no i've, I've i haven't worked in fine in an, a fine dining ex- establishment with an open kitchen um i've had my own spot with a sushi bar but you know i wouldn't really say that's the same thing but no i haven't had an experience in a place like this yeah. and you know admittedly i haven't had experience of the ultra fine dining, you know, avant-garde molecular gastronomy type of cuisine that they're pulling off in this movie. Uh, Margo <laughs> makes eye contact with the older gentleman again, who makes his wife switch seats. So he doesn't have to look at her. Very shady. The lady from who's the boss. <laughs> Elsa, our host says, feel free to watch our chefs innovate, but do not photograph our dishes. And Tyler worriedly puts away his phone. So, Sean, a, a little tidbit. I actually, believe it or not, I, I, I worked in a restaurant for a couple of years in, in the kitchen. I was uh, 19, 20 years old at a pub-style restaurant. And um, I, I learned how to make soups and, and all that kind of stuff. And my own claim to fame is to put a few burgers on the grill and have them come out correctly. Meaning like one's medium rare, one's rare. I don't, I couldn't do it now. I'd burn every single burger I tried mm-hmm. to cook. Um, but it was an open kitchen in that the window was right there and you could 
see everybody on the floor. And what we did was they made us wear these paper hats at one point. So we'd use those little lighters and like light the other guy's paper hats on fire. <laughs> so that people would look in and they would do like some guy like, oh, like freaking out with the What do you think the consequences from this chef would be if his if his cook started lighting their hair on fire? Oh yeah. I mean, you think he, of it now, like we all had, I had long hair at the time and stuff like it's just a really bad idea, but you know, <laughs> hey, it would, uh, yeah, in a, in a place like this, they probably get blacklisted, you know, a chef like that would be really, what's the word vindictive and, just, <laughs> you know, fucking vindictive. And, this yeah. chef. No, <laughs> no, just call up every fine dining establishment and do not hire this guy. Oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Oh man. That would be messed Dude, up. Cold and calculating. Elsa says chef feels, uh, taking photos ruins the meal. Tyler runs up to the kitchen. He starts bragging, showing off how much he knows to Margo about food. She is not impressed. The dude putting the dish together tells Tyler he knows his stuff. He also knows Tyler's name, and Tyler is very impressed. We like to know all of our guests. Tyler asks uh, the chef, and the man tells him to take a seat. We're about to serve food. They walk back. They get a shot of uh, another host pouring some wine for an old lady in the corner. Tyler and Margo sit, and he shushes her, looks off in loving amazement. And there is Chef, hmm. who was also the Tooth Fairy, the killer in the Silence of the Lambs Red Dragon movie. Yes. And he's who also you very, see? very Hannibal Lectory in this throughout yeah. the whole movie, yeah. too. Yep. He walks in the kitchen. He begins inspecting the dishes. Elsa walks up to Chef, begins to talk to him, and he disapprovingly looks right at Tyler, who goes, fuck, is he looking at me? Margo turns around to check, and Chef is giving both of them the evil eye. Yeah, I think it was her. I, I think he definitely was looking at her, right? Because they probably profiled everybody, and now she's filling in for somebody. She's else. not supposed to yep. be there. Yep. Uh, but just, but we don't know that. Just getting, no. or yeah. maybe, maybe you did. Yeah, but it's just getting weirder by the second. Margo gets unsettled and quickly turns away, and we get our appetizer. Amuse Boucher. I'm probably Boucher. Amuse Bouche, which is actually. <laughs> so, <in> a... <laughs> Jeff, please correct me for yes. the duration of the podcast. So, an Amuse Bouche is actually not an appetizer, but it's like a starting bite. It's it's supposed to set the tone for what the rest of the meal is going to be. Um, and in some ways, the the bite that they had in the in the boat on the way to the island was kind of an amuse bouche as well. But yeah, these are just meant to be a small bite to kind of represent what's to come for the rest of the evening. Like an hors d'oeuvre, more like an hors d'oeuvre. Almost, a... almost. It can be a shooter, you know, with whatever. It can be a little shooter of soup. It can be something in a spoon. You take one bite of. It could be, you know, it could be anything. Uh, it's it's kind of a blanket term for the first bite of the evening before the hmm. meal starts. Compressed pickled cucumber melon, milk snow, and charred lace. I'm just saying this all sounds flavorless and gross. <laughs> we go from table to table. Everyone's having their little combos. Lillian Bloom is asking her mindless assistant if he tastes goat. Of course he tastes goat. <laughs> uh, we go to John Leguizamo's table, his assistant's thanking him for employing her. She's now quitting. While that's happening, Tyler snaps a quick picture of his meal. He gets busted by Elsa, who's clearly watching him. We get the three frat douches talking about their messed up relationships. They don't care because they're rich. 
Yeah. <laughs> Father wants to live inside this, what I'm calling bland, crappy looking meal, but it is not. <laughs> this is just solely my opinion. Uh, Margo does not get it. I'm Margo. I'm sorry. Uh, ask Tyler what the deal is. You know how people idolize painters and musicians? They're idiots. What they do doesn't matter. Chefs, they play with raw materials of life itself and death itself. Chef, do you agree? I mean, that's a real fucking frou-frou <laughs> way of saying it, but sure. <laughs> I that's, guess so. That sounds like someone just taking their food way too fucking seriously, you know? <laughs> um, I I can appreciate the art, and there was a time where I was trying to dine at places like this on the regular and then you have kids and you realize like oh you know i better pay for the diapers before i go a <laughs> spurge fucking a grand on dinner per person um yeah no it, there's definitely artistry involved but yeah total like again verbal diarrhea yeah he's over the top and uh, and there's a lot of wine drinking in this right they go through the whole thing with with that so we asked you about smoking does mm -hmm. does drinking alcohol effect no so you know particularly wine is meant to enhance the dining experience okay and also make it a lot more fun you know i've done one of these types of tasting menus before at the french laundry you know legacy fine dining restaurant in uh, napa valley and i did the wine pairing and i was fucking wrecked wrecked <laughs> by the end of it it was probably like one of the drunkest times i've ever been in my life but i will tell you that like each wine there was a different wine for every course and it was very specifically curated and it is very intense and very deep and uh you know super cool but no wine to answer your question wine is meant to enhance the the, the dining experience awesome this is the most educational Hell podcast yeah. we've done you all learned i hope you hope our listeners are learning as love well. it i love it um tyler's seen every episode of chef's tv show he's talking about how perfect he thinks our chef is Margo is touched by his passion, even though Tyler sucks. Uh, <laughs> she tries to be a good sport about the whole sea garbage thing that they're eating. <laughs> Our first course, the bell dings. Ding! Our chef takes a sip of soup with a ladle. The nervous cook is standing there behind him. Yes, Super may I? Yeah, go may ahead. I actually add to that? This was one of my favorite scenes in the movie where you see so much intensity from both characters. There's only two characters on scene on the, 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 in the scene right now. Right. And you have one who is intense in, in one way in this calm, like I have the biggest dick in the room. And then the other one is, I think I have a big dick, bigger dick. Can you please tell me how big my dick is? So maybe one day I can like strive to be, a, have my dick be as big as yours. And it just so perfectly encaps encapsulates. Encaps I got to stop trying to sound smart. You it got it. Yeah, yeah. It perfectly encapsulates um, sometimes like this cult of personality thing that happens in kitchens. And I think in almost any work environment, I mean, like look at Elon Musk or fucking, well, not so much now, but, you know, I was going to say like a Mark Zuckerberg or all these, you know, Jeff Bezos, right? Like all these characters that people just kind of put on this fucking pedestal um just because of their accomplishments and yes it should be acknowledged but you know this type of dynamic happens all the time in kitchens and many times taken advantage of and and so this is kind of taken advantage of like the two later on to the extreme mm -hmm. like all, all of these people are okay with following him 
all the way to his end plan. Yeah. For him to appreciate it, to be accepted by him, right? Like yeah. amazing. Like that's yeah, we well, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, Sean. When you were like, Oh, let's watch the menu. I was like, ah, oh, they're going to be eating people. I know they're going to be eating people. <laughs> no, That's I wouldn't put you is. through that. I wouldn't put you through that. I was like, they're going to be eating some people. And I'm, I'm going to be like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't want to watch them eat people. And then I was like, I got through the entire movie. And I was like, ah, oh, this movie's badass. And they weren't yeah. eating people. Let me watch it again. And then it's I watched bizarre. it again. Like it's bizarre. It again. Yeah, uh, but I kind of saw- waited for that to happen. But that was too obvious. And I think this movie, you know, Jeff obviously knows this very well this is taking a deep dive on this artistic world, right? So if you know it a little bit, you're really into it. And if you know it, you know, cooking shows and stuff are so popular right now. So people are really into this, right? They talk about chef's table, which I've, I've never seen, but now I did research and want to see it. Is that, have you watched that? Yeah. Yeah. The first couple seasons I absolutely loved, loved, loved. And um, I would actually uh, challenge you on what you just said about how, like cooking shows are really popular now i think Uh they're popular but i don't think they have the the um i i don't think i think it's heyday is kind of whittled a bit and now it's really come down to a lot of like youtube content that i think is really taking over the space i I feel like things like cooking channel and food network have kind of long since been past their prime but also um there hasn't been like this larger than life character I would say since the passing of Anthony Bourdain that has really kind of spearheaded the next generation of rock star chefs, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think something else grew in the YouTube world and that's kind of where it's starting to happen now for a younger generation. Um, yeah. Just, I just kind of wanted to add that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't, I, I, I don't get out much. So in my house, it's still, there's still, <laughs> They're still, they're still popular, um, but I, I I certainly see that. I always was uh, to piggyback on that. I was always a little jealous because I always felt like visual artists got the short end of the stick because it's hard to. There were a few of those shows that they would do mm. for them, but it's um, and it, it's the same thing in a, a lot of ways. Like the content is pure if you know it and you study it, but when presented and over fluffed up by people. It, it gets weird. Yeah. Um, and I think like, uh, yeah, I, I definitely feel like this makes me, this movie, I don't know why. And maybe there's a problem in my head, but like it made me want to watch Chef's Table on mm-hmm. show like that. Cause I was like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know enough about it, but to tap into people as they talk about their art in, yeah. in, in any way is amazing to me. I, I think um, I love chef's table. I kind of stopped watching those types of shows that just suck off all these chefs because, you know, the, I don't know. Sometimes I, I love it and I hate it. You know, mm-hmm. I, maybe I hate it because I'm so involved in it and I'm a bit jaded and stuff. Who knows? But there have just been too many times where I'm watching these videos and I don't know, maybe it's jealousy. I don't think it's jealousy, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm just being real, but you know, a lot of times just, some of the ways that not the chefs it's like the other people the critics describing them like oh my god you know they got the horn of a unicorn from hogwarts and ground it up and put it into the pastries (laughs) and it made me float you know above the skyline and then i saw rainbows and it's like shut the fuck up dude yeah you had a really sick piece of like wagyu steak and 
chill. You know, it's 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 like it's not that good. Yeah, but right. It could be. Could be. Yeah. And I think the practical foundation of a lot of art is, you know, I had a I had a color theory class once where one of the projects was literally like in college, like let's make a color wheel, right? And that seems pretty simple. And somebody made one, and they it wasn't a wheel at all. You know, they made a square, and they had color on one side and color on the other. And I'm sitting there the whole time why this guy goes off about this. And I just want to take it down from the wall and throw it away <laughs> because I'm like, this is insane. Like you didn't do, you overthought the project. Like you right. need to know the foundation of these things yes. to then create and break yeah. it down. Right. Yes. So if you don't know the foundation, you can't draw a hand properly. Turning into a monster hand is going to look silly. Right? right. So you learn the foundations and you build from that. Yes. And he was lucky because I've had plenty of our professors who would have destroyed him. And there was an older guy. He was just super nice to him. Well, you know, he didn't really. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, my God, I'm going nuts. It's, it's not even a wheel. It's not even round. Like, I, I was it was killing me to, to see that. So I understand what you're saying. Uh, our chef closes his eyes with pleasure from sipping from this ladle. And he says, OK, the meal <laughs> is ready. They begin plating with rocks and leaves and flowers using tweezers. It all looks very pretentious to me. They layeth a singular scallop on top of all this artsy display, uh, and I'm just swine. It, it, I'm just street trash. <laughs> I don't. I don't know a good meal if it bit me in the ass. I guess if this is top notch stuff, then I don't. I don't know. But I. I don't know. I like big, hearty, hulky meals. Uh, but that's not the way our chef is doing this. He makes his way out to the floor. He claps loudly. The whole kitchen snaps to attention. Uh, that bothers the crap out of Margot. She looks at Tyler and she's like, is this for real? <laughs> our chef welcomes our guest. He is Julian Slovic. Over the next few hours, you will ingest fat, salt, sugar, protein, bacteria, fungi, plants, animals, and entire ecosystems. I beg you, do not eat, taste, savor, relish. Consider every morsel you put in your mouth. And we see Tyler in heaven nodding in approval. Chef begs, do not eat. Our menu is too precious for that. Ugh. Is this how you feel about your food, Chef? No. That's, <laughs> that's why I opened up a sandwich shop. Yeah. Um, you know, well, I'll talk more about that um, when we get later into the movie. You know, I would say the climax of the movie. It kind of perfectly described why I moved away from, you know, the glitz and glamour of uh, running a big, gigantic, famous restaurant, notable restaurant, and kind of went into something that's just much more approachable and simple to understand because at the end of the day, that's who I am. I'm just a simple, I, I believe in approachable, easygoing guy. And um, the world of a simple sandwich was just much more reflective of my character than doing something fine dining. Now, you know, you were talking about, they put the singular scallop and, you know, chefs talking about you're going to consume fat and salt and, you know, fungi. I actually <laughs> I found it. I was like Tyler going like, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what it is. The yin and the yang. That's yes. what it is because you, there's there's a half of the crowd that's like, what? And then there's the other half that's like, yes, yes, more. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was such a beautiful speech. And sometimes I catch myself and I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Brian? What are you doing? You make, you make roast beef sandwiches. Wait, wait a minute, Chef. You know, he gives Margo a choice, right? On which side that she wants to be. So in this, yes. yeah, so you're on his side in this. 
I for most of the movie I am, and I think mainly for the entertainment factor. But like I said, everything about the dish execution, the way they describe the food, though at time from the chef, not from his guests. Those people can fuck off. But you know, uh, from the chef, from the host, and everybody, I I find something beautiful in it. As sick as that may sound, mm-hmm. um, because they are just that deep into their art and that in love with food. And that is something because I don't personally have that type of resolve to hone my skills to, to this point. Um, I just have a huge amount of respect to it, but also, like I said earlier, you have to be kind of a little, you have to be a little sick in the head to take it that far, you know, but if it's not, if it weren't for those types of people who are willing to push themselves that far, we probably wouldn't have as much innovation as we do today. Right. So take it as you know, how you will. <laughs> Our first course is served. It's called the Island. Uh, the dish is plants from around the Island. It's placed on rocks from the shore covered in frozen seawater, which flavors the dish as it melts. Uh, Tyler gets excited to tell Margo the scallop on top is the one they saw the man fishing for earlier. And the chef stops dead in the middle of his sentence and goes, sorry. Hmm. Tyler puts his head down like an abused child, like a guilty dog. (laughs) And chef tells him, yes, they are those very same scallops. He goes on to say, remember, we are not important. The island and the nutrients it provides are in their most perfect state. Without us doing anything to them, what happens in this room is meaningless compared to what happens outside in nature, in the soil, water, in the air. And Tyler is just glistening at this speech, listening to this man speak. I, I am with Jeff a little bit on this one, though. Like I, I, That part of the speech, just being of the earth and and <laughs> providing for us, that kind of, right? He He's engaging. He's, yeah, yeah he's. He's a showman. Charismatic. You want to kind of listen yes. to him. He's got this whole crew of people with him. So, yeah. Tyler's wiping his eyes. He's crying from the chef's speech. Still manages to sneak in some pictures of his food, though. But <laughs> Elsa's just sitting there watching him take all these pictures. Uh, she Margo's telling Ty, she begins to tell Tyler about this restaurant in her hometown, but he just cuts her off. Uh, do you think chef's mad at me? I want Chef to like me. She's like, who cares? You're paying him to serve you. It doesn't matter if he likes you or not. (laughs) Tyler does not like that answer at all. She's like, don't worry. Eat your rock. (laughs) I'm Margo. The dude comes by to give them this exquisite wine. Awful Lillian Bloom is critiquing the meal to her spineless assistant who just keeps agreeing with her and antagonizing her. She thinks she's being profound. We're eating the ocean. (laughs) Her assistant is just captivated by this. We get John Leguizamo's assistant uh, asking him how he's enjoying his meal. Eh, it's good. She's like, you got to embellish more if you want your own food show. He's like, it's not brain surgery. I go to Italy. I eat some cheese. I go to South Africa. I get an Emmy. She's like, you can't go to South Africa with a DUI. (laughs) (laughs) Then we got the three snotty frat assholes. Talking about how uh, my home chef, uh, Julio, he makes food just as good as this. I want to throw up on these guys. They're the worst. (laughs) Uh, Elsa, the host, is walking around listening to them complaining about their meal, eating landscaping clippings. I mean, I'm partially them, too, complaining. Uh, But they're top-notch, you know, food people. They should be liking this stuff. Uh, Yeah, also, you spent so much money, so I feel like you kind of this early on can't be out 
right? You got to be all in. You just spend, other than again, a lot of them have plenty of money and it's not a big deal to them. I would say maybe like Azama's character, maybe on the edge of not having so much money. Um, but yeah, they're, they're all really bad dinner, like company. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. The uh, conversation's yeah, very weird and yeah. They're very justified weird. movie. Yeah. Uh, chef sees Tyler take Margot's food off her plate to eat it. He gets annoyed and he screams to his cook, plating in five. Yes, chef. Which horrifies all of the patrons. Very military. We get our second course. Chef again claps loud as hell. Snaps everyone to attention. Margo is not stoked. Is he going to keep doing that? <laughs> we get the monologue about bread and how it's been around for years amongst the poor. Flour and water. What could be simpler? Uh, this whole bread and grain tirade he gives. Jesus taught people to pay by begging for their daily bread. And Tyler lights up and finishes the chef's sentence with him. Ugh. Such a cornball. <laughs> Chef says, bread is the food of the common man, but you, my guests, are not the common man, so you get no bread. And then we get another awful-looking plate. The breadless bread plate, which is some kind of oil and dollops of pink and white and black substance. It looks like the black goo from Prometheus. <laughs> uh, everyone's laughing at this bread. They're amused, disappointed that they're not getting bread. Uh, the... This whole scene pisses me off because all of them are like, oh, no bread. So, so profound. And the story. And uh, and they're all, some of them are pissed, but but like, especially Lillian Bloom. She's like, oh, the story it's telling. It's, it's. In my it, mind, this is the second worst thing that the chef did, does to them throughout the entire <laughs> no, Yeah, no bread. Like, let's not talk about bread and not give any bread. Like, this is, chef, can you explain this to us? What, what, what's going on here? Well, I think um, I think what Chef said before the course came down on the tables perfectly encapsulates uh, what he's going for. And I think it's kind of cool in theory, but I would be fucking pissed if, you know, I, this this dish was put in front of me. But it's, again, it's one of those like hoity toity fartsy things that I think just is one one level too much, maybe more, not, not one level, multiple levels, just too much. Right. Like you get it in theory, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm not into it at all. Like, like you went to a diner and they, instead of giving you the bread, they just give you the little foil wrapped pads of butter instead. Of just yeah, like, exactly. Okay, here you go. Have these. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sure. Butter. I'm sure all those dips on those plates and stuff like that are amazing, but uh, yeah, uh, you, you yeah, how can you just how can you not give bread? <laughs> You'd think they were amazing. Lillian Bloom, however, says this emulsion has split, and you should not see that in a restaurant of this Ugh, quality. Fuck her. And of course, her awful assistant. I noticed it the second it came out to the table. It's broken. It, it's broken. Like so, Jeff. I'm gonna see if I get this correct. You correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. But split emulsion meaning the oil and water is split. So when you say something split or a sauce is broken, it basically means yeah, like the the fat has separated from. Okay. Um, you know, it's no longer one equal smooth mass, right? Uh, as far as kitchen terms goes, an emulsion is the combination of one or two more. I'm sorry. The combination of two ing more, two or more ingredients to become one, right? So oil and vinegar will never become one, right? Mm -hmm. Because they simply don't mix. But if you put 
egg yolk into the mixture, then it becomes a mayonnaise, right? Or you, theoretically, you can make a mayonnaise out of that. Um, the moment you put in too much oil, it breaks, it separates. There's too much oil and not enough protein to hold on to the oil to keep it as one smooth mass. So then the oil separates from the, the, the solids. Uh, so that's what a broken, what a broken sauce is or a broken emulsion. And this leads us to right this running gag where they bring out increasingly big containers of of uh, this you know split emulsion. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about a bitter chef? Yeah, and and you know it's crazy. There was delete, a deleted scene where Lillian was waterboarded with this split emulsion. Oh, <laughs> oh. yeah. So that's like yeah, they really oh. went. There were a few deleted scenes where they. Yeah. I think they just cut them and made kind of a cleaner movie mm-hmm. out of it. Um, but yeah, that was one of them. Whoa. And also just an FYI, like um, broken sauces are, are are not as common in Western cuisine. They certainly exist, uh, particularly like in Mediterranean cuisine. You'll see stuff that's not smooth or homogenized. It's just, you know, again, oil and vinegar. Uh, but uh, Eastern cooking, particularly Southeast Asia, has a lot of broken sauces, and that's actually a desired look and a desired effect. So just depends mm-hmm. what region of cooking that you're drawing from. This is the most educational episode <laughs> of In Madness Pod ever. A dozen episodes in, and we got smart. Hell yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Chef. <laughs> Tyler is in love with this meal. The dish is next-level badassery. He's weaves it weaves in historical allegories the game is trying to figure out the overarching theme of the meal but you won't know until the end if that's not foreshadowing i don't know what is margo tells tyler the chef is basically insulting him (laughs) tyler's like you don't understand it's a concept he's telling a story he's not just a chef he's a storyteller and he doesn't give a fuck about the rules Margo says, there's some rules you should follow, like giving your guests food. She's the only person in this room that I like. Awful Lillian Bloom is talking about how she makes her own bread, her own yeast. Her assistant is just eating it all up. Uh, Overwalks Elsa with the host with a gigantic bowl of broken emulsion, courtesy (laughs) of the chef. Lillian is stunned that this would happen to her. Elsa walks over to the table with the three frat dudes. They want bread and gluten-free bread as well. She's like, no. They're like, excuse me? You know who we are, right? I want to throw up in their mouths. She (laughs) says she knows who they are. They work for Doug Verrick, but they're not getting bread. They are baffled that they've been told no. That'll be all. Thank you. We're done here. Yeah, it's the first time these guys have been told no in like uh, ever. Yeah, in forever. She leans into main frat bro's ear and goes, you will eat less than you desire and more than you deserve. I love that, actually. Which freaks him the hell (laughs) out. Great, great line. Yeah. She walks away. Margo, again, is not eating. So Tyler leans over to take the plate and breaks a wine glass. Party foul. Chef angrily walks out of the kitchen, walks right to Margot. You haven't touched your food. She's like, there is no food. They have this heated back and forth where Margot gets the better of Chef telling him she's going to eat what she wants when she wants. And he angrily walks away. Tyler is humiliated. 
Chef walks over over to the random old lady in the corner drinking wine and rests his head against hers, and everyone is awkwardly watching them. He goes to the kitchen, plating in three. Yes, chef! (laughs) Third course. Before the course is served, the older uh, couple in the corner, from who's the boss... (laughs) <laughs> uh, they notice Margot staring back at them the wife's like she looks like Claire and the older man's like no she doesn't like was almost asking his assistant not to leave but she's leaving she wants a job with a better future and out comes chef and claps loud as hell visibly once again bothers Margot and everyone snaps to attention his course is called memory it's meant to evoke a memory and tells a story about how he, he was a kid every Tuesday was taco night taco Tuesday He says the old lady by herself in the corner drinking is his mother. One night his dad came home drunk, began choking her with a phone cord, and to make him stop, Chef stabbed him in the thigh with kitchen scissors. And then we get our shot of our line cooks putting little scissors into, I'll finally say it, these delicious-looking chicken thighs. Yeah. And are those those are kitchen scissors, Chef? That's what they are? The little Whatever they are. Yeah, Yeah, kitchen shears. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, chef says he should have stabbed his father in the throat a super dark story for dinner time yeah <laughs> uh he says it was very memorable taco tuesday and leguizamo's assistant is like what the fuck was that uh chef walks to leguizamo's table and aggressively slams his arm on his shoulder showing us this delicious looking chicken i'm like cool i'm gonna butcher this name chef help me house smoked breast chicken thigh el pastor with our own tortillas made with heirloom masa yeah, uh, which, is, which is just a super over explanation of saying taco <laughs> uh, chef says Lillian once wrote that his meal put him on the map and then he angrily goes what map that would be I wonder making Lillian and her assistant super uncomfortable Chef's like, we're always innovating and fear irrelevance, which makes Leguizamo feel some sort of way because clearly he's becoming irrelevant. And Chef says, they have updated this classic by laser engraving images on the tortillas. Hopefully this taco night will invoke memories for us all. Enjoy. Do people do that? Is that a thing? Can you get tacos with stuff laser engraved on there? Um, I'm sure there is a way where there is a will, there is a way. I personally have not seen it but I wouldn't be surprised if someone is actually doing that. If anyone has the will, it's our psychotic chef. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Printed on Lillian's tortilla, restaurants she's reviewed that all closed. The older couple in the corner has pictures of themselves on their tortillas. Tyler's have pictures of him taking pictures of his food with his phone on his tortilla. So sad. So spiteful. (laughs) Such an over-the-top great idea. Tyler's devastated, thinks the chef hates him. Leguizamo's tortillas have promo pics of his old movie Calling Dr. Sunshine. The three frat bros tortillas have their bank statements printed on them, but their illegal Cayman Island accounts. Oh, shit. Hmm. One frat bro goes, it's not good. They call over Elsa. What the hell is this? These are tortillas. (laughs) They contain the tax records and other documents showing how your company has created invoices with fake charges. Uh Uh-oh. 
how did you get these? Sorry, chef never reveals his recipes. One of the frat bros is like, I'm going to have this place closed down. And she goes, no, that won't be necessary. Enjoy. And just walks away. Hmm. The lady from the old couple, Angela from Who's the Boss, <laughs> sees a pic with her husband and goes, who's that woman? Busted. Nervously, he's like, it's a, it's fake. I have no idea. It's a joke. And then the frat bros are still freaking out. It's a fucking taco. It can't hurt you. And one of them goes, yeah, a taco that can hold up in court. Tyler wants to apologize to Chef, but Margot tries to send the food back. Tyler snaps at her. You do not send food back in this kitchen. Shut up and be grateful that you're there. I paid for it, so shut up and eat. Takes a bite out of his taco and just has an orgasm. This idiot. Margot's getting up. She walks away. She heads to what she thinks is the bathroom, but Elsa stops her and directs her the correct way. She's like, what's behind that door? Something very special. So Margo goes to the bathroom. She locks the door. She finds a window. She lights up a stove. She sees a man carrying a set of angel wings outside. And then our chef walks into the bathroom, unlocks it, and lets himself in. Asks Margo, why are you not eating? I need to know. She's like, why do you care? I take my work very seriously. You are not eating, and that wounds me. Chef, do you, do you uh, vibe with this? Uh, no. <laughs> uh that's a bit extreme uh i will not you know go into uh, so- uh someone's bathroom to inquire if uh, why they aren't eating my food and it just comes with the territory sometimes people don't like your food could be justified sometimes there's a nugget of truth in there that you should take as uh some constructive cr- criticism and other times it's uh you can't uh you also can't take them seriously maybe they're having a bad day maybe they literally had the best meal of their night the life before and now your shit's just shit i don't know who cares but i don't take it too personally she says she's not hungry she keeps asking he keeps asking who she is i'm margo mills from nebraska you shouldn't be here tonight uh she asked him to get out of her way so she can leave here we go (laughs) a long white cloth is rolled out onto the floor and we get our fourth course. Lillian Bloom is wondering what the chef's intentions are. Is he being cruel or is he being playful? Chef eyeballs Margo and claps his hands. I'm very excited, he says. Please meet sous chef, Jeremy Loudon. Yay. <laughs> walks, walks out onto the white sheet. We learn Jeremy has created this next dish. It's called The Mess. Jeremy's from Nevada. He studied at the Culinary Institute in Hyde Park. He wrote Chef a heartfelt letter that he wanted to work for him. Ooh, my alma mater. Is that, is, is that like a real Hyde yeah, Park? Real, That's, yeah, it's probably the, the best culinary school in the country. And uh, it's where I graduated from. Oh, wow. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. So it's legit. That's legit. Badass. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought it was made up. Fuck nope. Yeah. For you real. Yep. Legitimize the hell out of that. Uh, Jeremy wrote Chef a heartfelt letter that he wanted to work for him one day at Hawthorne. Chef says Jeremy is talented, but he's not great, and he'll never be great. He wants my prestige, my job, my talent. He aspires for greatness, but he will never achieve it. In the movie, I'm sitting there. This is very dark, and this is very weird. What the hell is happening? We're about to find out. Chef says, like me, Jeremy has forsaken everything to achieve his goals. We are pressured to put out the best food in the world. But even when the meal is perfect and the customers and critics are happy, there is no avoiding the mess. 
the mess you make of your life, mm. your body, your sanity by giving everything you have to please people who will never know. Jeremy, do you like this life? No, chef. Do you want my life? No, chef. Chef kisses him on each cheek. They pull coverage tarps on each side of the kitchen to close it off. And the chef announces, ladies and gentlemen, our fourth course, Chef Jeremy's The Mess. Which, my friends, brings me to our milking of the alpacas moment. Oh, there it is. I have the exact same thing. Chef Brian, in case you are unfamiliar with the theme of the In Madness podcast, our Mm -hmm. milking of the alpacas moment is by far when the shit hits the fan in the movie and the entire Mm. dynamic of everything changes. Yes, and that is definitely it. That is definitely it. Chef Jeremy sticks a gun in his mouth and pulls the trigger and boom, blows his brains out. The whole room screams. Everyone is freaking out. One of the frat dudes faints. (laughs) Everyone's freaking out except for Tyler. Yeah. He could care less. They pull back the coverage tarps from the kitchen, and there is the staff standing like soldiers, arms at their sides, head down, and we get the aerial shot of Chef Jeremy dead on the floor with his brains blown out. What is happening in this movie? And I was like, oh, they're going to eat him later, right? <laughs> I was like, here we go. They're going to eat this guy later. That's what's Vertebrae, you are so set in uh, seeing somebody get eaten. Uh, it's just too many uh, ha- Hannibal uh, series episodes, I guess. No, I but, wouldn't do yeah. that to you. Like, I, I don't think we're ever going to do Cannibal Holocaust or any of those. Yeah, I'm good things. without it. No, yeah, no, I know, yeah, yeah. I know. We all have our limits. We all have our limits. Tyler is unfazed. Tyler has no limits. He happily goes, huh, that was a shock. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the kitchen just gets back to work while the whole room is freaking out. Chef's like, calm down. It's part of the menu, part of the show. This is what you're paying for. It's an exclusive experience. The entire room is freaking out. Is this real? Is he dead? Lillian is insistent that it is not It's just an act. It's theater. This is what he does. It's part of the menu. The cooks are marching out of the kitchen with their meals, placing on the guest tables. Half the room is freaked, and half the room is just hungry and could care less about anything that's happening. We get a shot of our next meal. Uh, I'm just saying it looks absolutely disgusting. I'm sorry. The mess. Pressure-cooked veggies, roasted filet. Looks like raw flesh to me. Potato confit? Confit. (laughs) <laughs> what, what is that what is that uh so confit basically means uh cooking something in its own fat so for example cooking duck legs in duck fat slowly um or you know it's almost like uh like a sl- like a braising version of deep frying so uh yes confit is typically cooking something in its own fat but a potato doesn't have its own fat to be cooked in so uh that in that scenario it would mean that the potatoes were cooked Basically, in a very low temperature, low and steady um, frying process. Vertebrae, if you and I just did this episode alone, we would have done this movie zero justice. Yes, we don't have any. I couldn't have <laughs> done all this research. It also has beef jus, which is like au jus, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. bone marrow. I've had bone marrow before. It's delicious. But this meal looks gross. I'm sorry. And, and rest in peace. I, I'm kind of surprised. I thought you would be into this one. I probably would eat the bone marrow. I wouldn't eat any of the other crap. Yeah, would would you though. eat it after that? This like I'm. No, I'd be puking. I'd be. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'd be back in the mist. Uh, expiation. 
Yeah, I'm done. Like I, I always say it when we do this, but like at this moment, you're out. Running I'm out. out. Like I'm yeah. trying to get out of there. I'm gonna figure out a way to get out of there. Like this isn't happening. There's knives all over the kitchen. I don't know. I'll fight my way out. I I, I gotta go. Our chef says kind of the same thing at the end, uh, and under the ingredients, yes. R.I.P. Jeremy Loudon. Chef yells at everyone, eat, and everyone jumps horrified. He tells the cooks, uh, begin the fifth course. Margot asks Tyler, what the hell is going on? This asshole is just there eating his meal, and none of this uh, uh, other shit around him is affecting him at all. Uh, <laughs> and, and, his, and the guy who is at the table pouring them wine and just going about his duties as if this guy didn't just blow his goddamn brains out in front of everybody. Uh, the older couple in the corner, Mr. and Mrs. Lee Brandt. Uh, they get up to leave. Like vertebrae would do. Elsa tells them there's no boat to leave on. I'll take my helicopter. Ugh. She's like, that won't be possible with no phone service. He tries to leave, but his wife stops him. He's like, I'll handle it. <laughs> with which hand? What? With which hand will you be handling it? She goes left hand, ring finger. The chef's goons grab Mr. Liebrand, put his hand on the table, and out walks a cook from the kitchen with a goddamn cleaver. And choppy chop chops off his goddamn finger. And the entire room starts freaking out again. <laughs> and you know there's a making of, there's a little making of doc, and they show, because uh, chef would know this better, but they showed a lot of people they hired to work on this movie, famous chefs that I don't know, and consultants. And they show a little bit of that scene where somebody's teaching the actor kind of how to hold hold the cleaver properly and how they would do it mm-hmm. if, they, if they had to do it as a bad. I thought cool. that was hilarious. Uh, at the same time as this is all happening, Tyler's cutting away on his food and eating his meal completely unfazed. The rest of the room is horrified. Except for awful Lillian Bloom, who still thinks the entire thing is an act, and she's laughing her ass off. And I will say, right, symbolic, they cut off the ring finger, so he's clearly committed adultery, and we're taking off his ring finger. So, Our chef says, it's all part of the menu. Lego's almost freaking out. I cannot be a hostage. Is this real? His assistant's like, talk to him. You know him. You're friends. (laughs) He's like, I made that up. Yeah? Sounds familiar. <laughs> Mr. Lee Brandt's on the floor crying. Elsa hands his wife his ring that fell off when they chopped his finger off. Awful Lillian Bloom tells her assistant, this is all for us. That's why he texted me earlier. This food is incredible. And her idiot assistant goes, the acting is astonishing. And Leguizamo's just looking at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? Look at what's happening. Elsa tells Margot, Chef would like to see you in the kitchen. And Tyler asks to go, but he is denied. Chef tells Margot, you're all wrong. What is your name? I've served many Margos. You are not a Margot. Chef, is this a trait possessed by top chefs where you know ladies' names by the their... No, <laughs> no, no. Because uh, if, uh, if that were the case, uh, I think I would have had a much different life trajectory. <laughs> I probably would have. Uh, what what the fuck was that show? The, the they had some pimp who would go around. What, what the hell is that dude's name? Was it that? with telepathy? Was he telepath? Te- yeah, telepath- like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Telepath. <laughs> what the fuck was that show called? Tele- telepathic. Show? He had like a leopard print fucking 
big Willy Wonka ass looking hat, Mad Hatter looking at. Oh fuck, it'll come to me later. But anyway, we'll, we'll have to post it on our socials. But no, you um, you, you know what? Actually, now that I think about it, I think I missed that class in culinary school where I can just automatically know every woman's name I come across. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, was I was sick for that one. Didn't, yeah, didn't you are it. not a Margot. He's pissed. Uh, the whole night has been planned painstakingly, and you are not part of this plan. You're spoiling everything. In order to proceed, I need to know where to seat you, with us or with them. It's very important. She goes, and then you let me live? Of course not. It'll ruin the menu. We're all going to die tonight. Isn't that right? And all the cooks go, yes, chef. Yeah. Doom. Doom. This upper class Jonestown. He asks Margot if she wants to die with those who give or those who take. You have 15 minutes to think about it. Plating in five. Yes, chef. I love you all. We love you too, chef. Again, chef, is this heaven for you? I'm asking you, Chef Brian. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I, I got I, I got kind of enthralled with this movie for a second. Would you Would you love to have uh, your cook screaming back at you how much they love you? And, and yeah, I, I, I you know that certainly got me hard. You know, at one point in my career. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, no, not anymore. I, I've definitely I've changed a lot over the last few years. Like, I think back then I I enjoyed that because it gave me. Uh, you know a sense of power and control but nowadays i just kind of scoff at it no no not my thing that's my man yeah. margo walks back to the table crying tyler is angrily asking if she got a kitchen course was it a protein or a veg and she slaps him in the face and he goes is it a protein or a veg this dude is out of it he has lost his mind he is obsessed with this chef and his food only nothing else exists to this guy then we cut to the palate cleanser which I'm sorry, also looks disgusting. Tea? Nothing, nothing annoys me more than like food with like flowers and plants and leaves and dirt <laughs> and, and stuff that looks There's like no dirt. It's tea. tea I hate tea. tea. I don't like hot liquids. I'm a cold liquid guy. I like ice cold water. I don't like soup. I don't like. I don't you don't like, like soup? No, I'm not a soup guy. Come on. No, Cold no. winter day, you get some no, beef gross. stew with some no. bread. And oh, your hair oh, right oh I got to make you. All right, Sean. Fuck <laughs> you. I'm, soup. I am making soup. you a beef stew in the dead of winter one All day. Right. And if that doesn't make you take your fucking clothes off and want to take me away, <laughs> something fucking seriously wrong I, with I, you. I, I, you know what, Sean? Couple, I like a good like a broccoli cheddar. I'll mess with a good broccoli cheddar with like a good piece of bread. Not at this place if he gives me no bread, <laughs> but like uh, I've had. I don't know. I'm not a soup guy. I'm not really a soup guy. Oh man! Make, wait, make, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Get back to this. Like, like I said, I'm street trash. No know? tea. No tea. You never drink tea? No. When I'm sick, when I get my my million sinus infections a year, I force coffee? myself. But I choke it down. No, I hate coffee. No, that's what? so gross. Oh. I have like a coffee with like a, a a pastry, but like no, you're not gonna catch me like waking up drinking coffee. No, that's gross. Give me an ice cold water to like jolt my ass. Oh away. man. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like my coffee to be like taste like a dirty ashtray. No, like, <laughs> no. nasty coffee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Sean, so you and fun. I, you and I are, you and I are like opposite ends. Yeah, I'm point, saying man. you got to educate me, dude. So, Sean, you get that beef stew, and then you put the thing on, and you're uh-huh. all bundled up in the winter. First you're watching the thing. Listen, I'm telling you, some beef stew with potatoes, celery, carrots, chunky beef. But- deep dark you know what i need in there mashed potatoes you know what oh. it sounds like it's missing from there some salt that is i think i'm gonna need given. some salt in there that is a given <laughs> Yo, i'm for real i'm for real gonna you're like i'm just gonna get your address from one of our mutual friends educate and just, me and educate just me, pop up at your house with a with a pot of fucking beef stew <laughs> and like eat eat motherfucker <laughs> eat yeah i mean you are this chef, chef. I'm just saying, you are this guy. You, you know, you're, yeah. You're just gonna yell, Sean. Yes, chef. And then yes, chef. Out. Expiation. <laughs> so they're drinking flowers and hot water, wild bergamot and red clover tea. The frat boys and Leguizamo are trying to devise a plan. Frat boy gets up with his chair, runs over to break the window, and the chair bounces right off the window. Mm. The chefs are going about their business as usual while this is happening and just walk the tea over to everybody's table as everyone's freaking out still. Elsa grabs his chair and she's like, let me help you back to your table. Everyone is numb to what's happening. But everyone else is stressed and scared and annoyed and clap. The chef claps again and now everyone is on edge, super annoyed and gets snapped to attention. He asks the room if anyone has any questions. Of course, Tyler asks if that's bergamot in the tea that he's tasting. And annoyed, the chef rolls his eyes and goes, yes, it's bergamot. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What's bergamot? Actually, I'm not even sure myself. Oh, wow. I'll tell you, it looks like a flower that was picked out of the ground and thrown in some (laughs) hot water. Just because it looks pretty. Oh, it's a varietal of orange. There we go. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, there we go. The frat boys ask why this is happening. Chef tells them, think of yourselves as ingredients in a tasting concept. Everyone is confused. At this point, I'm confused. None of this should be a surprise to most of you. Lillian Bloom knows the damage she has done to so many livelihoods. She tries to speak, but Chef shuts her up. Her shitty little assistant tries sticking up for her. He goes, you enable her filth. I think filth enabler is a sick band name. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, and then uh, <clears throat> so there is a deleted scene on the boat. <clears throat> excuse me, and it's sort of explains his backstory a little bit. So Lillian Bloom tells the story in the deleted scene how um, you know he kind of disappeared, like he, maybe he got burnt out from cooking, and it was just too much in the limelight. And she's at this food thing, and she eats from this Korean taco truck. And it's this amazing food and it's chef. So she outs him in an article of like, Hey, we found this guy and he's now working at this truck. And then that leads to him finding this investor coming out of nowhere and be like, Hey, we, we should do this restaurant. And they go, they head down that path. So he was kind of out um, and moving along and, and just from pressure, I guess he's back in the limelight again. So, it's kind of little, a cool little thing, although early on in the movie, it really would have given away a lot, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of okay that it's out, but it's an interesting little uh, tidbit. And then a cook brings out an even bigger, huger bowl of broken emulsion for Lillian Bloom that she was complaining about before. 
The chef laughs, tells Lillian, you love that I texted you an invitation for this evening. Me yearning for your attendance. Your ego was fed, but so was mine. He goes over to the old Lee brand couple. My regulars, how many times have you eaten here in the last five years? Six, seven? The chef goes, 11 times. Most people consider themselves blessed to eat here once. Can you name one dish you ate here? 11 times you take the boat out here. We tell you every single dish, exactly what we're feeding you. Can you tell me one thing you ate? Cod. It wasn't cod, you donkey. It was halibut. Rare fucking spotted halibut. (laughs) They ask, what does it matter? It matters to the halibut and the artist whose work turns to shit in your gut. (laughs) <laughs> I've made my price point to the to where only people in this room can access it, and I've been fooled into trying to satisfy people who can never be satisfied, mm. starting with her and points at his mother. Does very- this exist, Jeff? This is so. Do these people? I looked at it as like they're almost like uh, uh, John and I get action figures. I collect records too. Mm-hmm. I know people that collect records. They never actually listen to any any of the records. They keep them wrapped. They read comic books. They keep them in the packaging. I read them. I, I take everything out if I bought it. This feels like they're collecting moments at this place to say they've been there. More or less. More or less. I can definitely see that happening. And I also, there's a lot that the chef says, says in, in that scene that I agree with a lot. You know, um, which, again, is why I kind of stepped back and started focusing more on, uh, you know, on mission and this type of concept, because, again, I just feel like it's um, much more approachable and easily understood and, and appreciated by people. You know, when you work in fine dining uh, or even a place that's just a higher price point at, some, uh, you know, it, it gets it gets to where people um use it almost as a status symbol Mm -hmm. you know and and it's um and you know they have no obligation to appreciate the food in any particular way but nine times out of ten for a chef to get to that level where they can produce that kind of food on the regular they put in a lot of blood fucking sweat and tears and you know, at the end of the day, it all gets shitted out of an asshole. And, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, in in many ways, a lot of your guests are just not appreciative of, of what it took to to make that food happen. I mean, think of the entire supply chain working backwards from uh, it took a server to take your order, drop the food over there, a cook to make it. But then someone had to deliver that food. But then someone had to farm that food. Someone had to package that. You know, like all that fucking work along the supply chain just gets turned into a steaming hot pile of shit that comes out of your asshole. And um, I don't know, in some ways, like the bigger the establishment gets, the more fine dining it gets, the more commoditized it becomes. And um in many ways, I feel like uh, you start to think of it as a status symbol rather than a source of comfort and joy. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're earning it as badges, like right. they just—they're able to just accomplish. Right, right. And they're, and they, they have—they have every right to. But as someone who's producing the stuff, I just like I, it wasn't really what I was into, and I came to this conclusion before I saw you know many years before I saw this movie. So. A lot of this stuff kind of rings true to me. I just chose not to open up a restaurant in a, on an island and kill, kill multiple people. So what? who would you prefer? Sean, who's not going to eat 
a- any of this stuff. <laughs> I'll eat the chicken. I'll eat the chicken with he'll the scissors. Chicken. He'll keep. He'll yeah. steal I'll the pick at it. I'll pick yeah, at it. Yeah. Can you keep the scissors? That's cool. Uh, or like, or these people, right? Like, would you would you rather maybe try to have somebody like Sean, where you could yeah. make that beef stew and turn him on to something new? Or these are if very you pick dangerous. the assholes in this restaurant, man, I'm never talking to you again. Well, I think uh, I think the answer is pretty obvious. You know, I'm here now, yeah. <laughs> despite yeah. despite what I think of uh, Sean's eating habits. You know. But you but, didn't know a lot of those going into. No, this no, I didn't. But also, I know this wasn't your question. You know, you asked me to pick between these two extremes. But my honest answer to, uh, to to that question is, well, if that person wants to be with me, then I'm more than glad to give it a try to be with them. Okay. You know, whether they're the snobby, high end, fine dining, you know getting a not another notch another feather on my cap or whether it's someone like sean who despite trash yeah street trash you know <laughs> like whatever you know if if but if you're willing to be with me and and basically that's do right if you like if you're willing to trust me and give me your hand and go on the journey with me then that's all that matters to me quite frankly i eat yeah. frozen pizza I'm just, you know, I hey, frozen, there's I, a there's a time and place for frozen pizza, man. I eat frozen pizza weekly. Is it? There's also a time meal? and place for gas station food. I'm totally down with that. So oh, even yeah. my bandmates were shocked. Like it was once I was super fucking hungry and I just needed a bite and I got one of those Seven Eleven slices and everyone was shocked I was eating it. I was like, what? I'm fucking hungry, you know? Like, yeah. I like <laughs> Chef I'm, Brian yeah. eating a Seven yeah. Eleven. Yeah. Oh, I'm damn. not. I'm not. I'm not very proud of this moment, but like, I know I'm not going to have a proper meal for another four or five hours, and I want some form of sustenance. And sometimes, uh, what, what was the what was the term you were calling yourself, Sean? Street trash. Street trash. Yeah, I, I thought I. You know, I guess for a second there, I decided to be street trash. But hey, man, sometimes with the best meals, may, yeah. maybe you know, Sean returns a favor. You do the beef stew, and then he he in turn makes. Something oh, I make your you. frozen pizza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I, I put so I I grill onions and I put grilled onions on the frozen pizza, so oh, it's got a little it a, swan, yay, a little pep to it, you know. And then I and then I put a million uh, pounds of salt on it. Yeah. <laughs> what's your wait before we go back to the movie we'll never get this podcast but what's your what's your frozen pizza choice sean oh it's the uh it's the ah oh, man what is it called ands ands uh it's in the healthy aisle oh it's in, it's in the corner with like you don't eat Eli- you don't eat elio's frozen pizza I used to. I used yeah. to live on Elio's frozen pizza. Uh, yeah, and and bagel. Thomas's bagels and oh Elio's frozen pizza oh, was, man. was how I was raised as a kid. That's funny. Um, so Elio's, I always, my wife and I always have this debate because I feel like a box of Elio's is three slices of pizza, right? I know they have the little square, the little rectangles that are cut out of yeah. one, and that's supposed to be one serving, I think. But I would like, when I lived on my own, I would just that's a bo- I just make the box. Right, that's my dinner. I'd the whole the, box, yeah, the whole box. Because <laughs> one of those is like a slice of regular slice of pizza, yeah. and then I would put like other, even more cheese on it. Like, I'm just saying, this, this is the best episode of this show we've ever done. You know, I'm going to be very honest, and I guess this is just showing my true colors. I've never had an Elio's pizza. Before. Hey, now I know what I'm bringing you. Bring me the stew, and I'm bringing you Elio's. No, I'll bring but, you the cool one that I got. But there was a dive bar uh, by my parents' house I used to go to all the time. 
and uh, they had some frozen pizza that they just put into, you know, a, a tiny little, and it's not even a pizza oven, but it's just, it's specifically designed to reheat uh, frozen pizzas. And I got to tell you, I love that shit with a can of PBR. Oh, hell yeah. With a PBR. Yeah. yeah that'll yeah. give you a major headache. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our, our, our chef says, uh, that's part of our culture. My restaurant is part of this problem. The frat boys say it's not your restaurant. We find out uh, Doug Verrick, who they work for, is the angel investor uh, for the entire island and for the restaurant. Uh, since Hawthorne is chef's entire life, Doug Verrick owns him. But now I own Doug Verrick. Flips on a light and there outside above the water, strung up with angel wings that Margot saw earlier, is Doug Verrick. Again, everyone is freaking the hell out. Frat boys want to pay him off, but he refuses. One says, he kept you open during COVID, you prick. (laughs) Yes, but he questioned my menu and even requested (laughs) substitutions, despite the fact that there are no substitutions at Hawthorne. Chef, is this a problem you can relate to? Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) When people people come in and they want to make all kinds of modifications and changes to your shit. It's like, yo, they take bacon off my sandwich. Yo, like, come on, this isn't Burger King. You can't have it your fucking way. Okay. Like these are carefully crafted sandwiches and not even, even that, not even just mission, but all the past restaurants. Like, do you know how much fucking thought went into this goddamn dish? Do you know who my boss is? Fucking a fucking judge on chopped and how many like, times i had to recreate this dish before he fucking approved it and because you don't like something you want to change it around fuck you <laughs> fuck you and fuck your preferences okay oh, chef the way Ryan, I inv- you are it, you are the slovic chef you are this guy where, where, where do you stand on sauce on the side fuck. um I'm curious. Ditto, ditto to j- what I just said. Yeah, don't, don't give me that. You know what? No, no. <laughs> I'm making myself sound like such a piece of shit. I will say this much. So I have a seven-year-old daughter now, and uh, a lot of what how I used to think about things had completely flipped 180 after that. You know, the whole sauce on the side thing, and you know, um, changing up food because you don't like something. You know, now I kind of, I kind of get it. You know, I, I can kind of see both sides of the coin, but um, yeah, it's still like there's still something deep in my soul that gets very annoyed and uh, aggravated. <laughs> They're like, can you take off the la 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 la? I'm gonna do that next time behind the counter at mission. Uh, <laughs> can I have the hail, Sean? But instead of roast, take beef, off the jalapeno. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they give the sign for the fallen angel and down into the water goes Doug Verrick. Everyone freaks out. Chef is pleased. Close your eyes. Can you hear the silence? Awful Tyler closes his eyes to hear the silence. Chef says, the silence means I'm free. Doug Verrick is dead. Margo's buzzer goes off. Time's up. She goes to Chef's office. He says she belongs with her own breed, the shit shovelers. I can tell a fellow service industry worker when I see one. He asks how she knows Mr. Liebrandt. He paid her to watch him jerk off while telling him she's his daughter and he's a good man and that he loves me. Dark. Chef laughs and goes, so he's a romantic. 
<laughs> and we get a slight moment between Margo and Chef where, like, for once, there's not this tension of we're all going to die. Uh, he's like, I don't need the details. I know bad customers. You like your job. She used to. She asked the same of him. He also used to. They've both lost the passion for their jobs. He hasn't desired to cook for anyone in ages. He misses it. Chef takes Margot with him to the back to the main dining room and says he wants everyone to go outside and take in some air. Walks down the corridor as pathetic Tyler is chasing him down, trying to ask him questions. They're all outside figuring out how to get out of there. And Lillian Bloom's assistant says, it'll be okay. And she goes, no, we're all going to die tonight. And he goes, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I do love when they take everybody outside. The mom goes over and just grabs the bottle of wine. She's like, all right, time to drink more. We're presented with our next course by sous chef Catherine Keller. Three years ago, chef tried to fuck her and she refused. He didn't fire her. He kept her in the kitchen and ignored her for eight months. He can do that because he's the star. He's the man. This next course is called Man's Folly. Chef walks up to her. She takes out the scissors and stabs him in the leg. She wipes the blood on his shirt. He apologizes. He pulls out the scissors and tells the male diners they can escape. You will be given a 45-second head start until the goons come out and try and catch you. Immediately, one of the frat dudes runs off, and the chef's like, all right. It's very funny. The chef finishes, and the guys begin to head off, but not Tyler, until chef's like, you gotta go, too. And then Tyler just walks away. He doesn't run. He doesn't do anything. He loves this place. Uh, All the ladies join Chef Catherine in the kitchen, uh, back inside the main dining hall, 45-second buzzer goes off, and all the goons run out to the island to catch the men, and the bell rings, and we're introduced to our next dish, Man's Folly. And where are you going, Sean? Where are you going, Chef? Like, I, I think about this like the running thing. Like, the, uh, Do you just run as fast as you can? Do you find a spot to kind of hide? I I would be the frat dude like on the boat trying to, I guess, get the hell out of there because yeah. I don't, don't want to die. I don't want any part of this. But I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, why? What's the purpose of this? What's the purpose of letting them like try to get away to only catch them and bring them back in? Like, it's just such a mind. It's such a mind fuck. Yeah, I mean it's control. I mean he he's he has control over the entire menu. He has control over the rest of their lives. Um, you know, it's part part of his menu. It's it's also like it's got humor to it. Like there's yeah. some humor in it. There's some humor in all of it. Uh, we see our chef's dish: yellow dots and grass from off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> It's Dungeness crab, fermented yogurt whey, dried sea lettuce, umboji, Ume and boshi. kelp. What? What? Umeboshi. <laughs> and so kelp. T- I know you're going to ask me what that is. It's uh, a Japanese plum. Okay, and I'm, I mean that's it's probably delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ladies are all served this weird looking dish. Chef Catherine is watching them eat. Lillian tries to compliment her, but she doesn't care. And she starts crying, and the rest of the ladies begin saying how great the dish is. I'm Leguizamo's assistant. She goes, it's the emoji for me. <laughs> and Lillian Bloom corrects her and goes, what is it, chef? Umeboshi. Yeah, yeah. I'm At least that's what I think it's pronounced. <laughs> uh, Mr. Liebrandt looks at Margo and goes, so you know my husband? Margo goes, yep. Well, Miss Liebrandt looks at Margo. She says, you know my husband? Margo goes, yep. 
Leguizamo asked Chef Catherine if they're all going to die. She's like, the menu doesn't work if you live. Why not? It needs an ending that ties everything together conceptually. Otherwise, it just tastes good, and who cares? Oh, that's William... some pretentious-ass shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> William Bloom says she can help Catherine get her own restaurant. Uh, they just have to work on the whole dying thing. And Catherine goes, everyone dying was my idea. I'm super proud of it. <laughs> like they had a brainstorm meeting. Like they were all sitting around. It's amazing. How about we murder <laughs> yeah. everyone? Team meeting. <laughs> Lillian just throws down her food, pulls out the wine and goes, fuck it. Anybody want wine? Stupid Tyler is outside, pressed against the window, trying to get back inside the restaurant. He's not running anywhere. Uh, and then we cut to all the guys, one by one, getting dragged back in the house. But then pathetic Lillian Bloom's assistant hiding in the chicken coop. And the window by his head opens and a hand pops in, holding a treat. A special bite for the last guest to be caught. A play on the Passard egg. Is that right? Oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's egg with cream fraiche and maple. Creme fraiche. Creme fraiche and maple. <laughs> you've never seen. You've never seen South Park. Come on. I, did, I, I thought it was. Yeah, I've, I see. I've seen that episode. Yeah, creme fraiche. Creme fraiche. I don't know the proper way to say it. Uh, Lillian's assistant takes the treat. The man says, "Enjoy." He closes the, the window, and super disappointed, uh, her assistant sits there and eats the treat. It's very funny. It's humorous. Margot's back at the table smoking a cigarette, telling the women her name isn't Margot. It's Erin. She's from Massachusetts. The door opens up. The men are marched back in, except Tyler, who runs in, runs to the ladies' table. What'd you get? And starts picking food off their plates as, <laughs> as the, they're taking the plates off the table. Leguizamo's assistant are at the table. He apologizes for being a fuck-up. She's like, I'm stealing money from you. He's like, I know. She's like, I know that you know. He's like, I wrote a negative recommendation to Sony. She goes, I know you see me. Hey! <laughs> Scared the piss out of me. What's up? Yeah, special guest to the show. Daddy. Did I scare your friends too? Yes, you did. You're awesome. Hey, it's it's late. It's 1030. It's time for you to sleep. Welcome to the podcast. I can't believe you snuck. I can't believe you did that. It's amazing. A special cameo. Right over, awesome. right over there. You were there the whole time? Yeah, I was and it looks like she turned the light off too so yeah it's, it's very horror movie i thought it was my wife who turned it off like without realizing i'm down here I was like whatever and, and it's funny because the lighting only pops up as she creeps up into it all right time to great start. job all right good night that was the first actual jump scare on id madness pod i love it hell yeah a dozen episodes in that's so funny. <laughs> Much Scared love. the living crap out of me, dude. Did, <laughs> did you get you guys at all? Or yes, I because I I only saw her creeping up in the background. I'm like, what the hell? Well, I saw the lights go out, and yeah. I was like, okay, maybe he's just like it's a little mood lighting thing, yeah. and then suddenly somebody pops up. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> It's funny because I scare the hell out of my wife all the time. And obviously, you know, the, the little one. Uh, Karma picks yeah, up on it. Yeah, yeah. Picks up on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was perfect. 
Uh, chef comes out and says the menu cannot continue until they finish in unresolved manner. You, and points to Tyler, who nervously gulps. Tell me why you're here. I wanted to experience your food. What were you told ahead of time? It'd be the greatest menu ever created and that everyone would die. He knew. Everyone gasps. Uh, right, and that's the capper, right? So maybe you're on the fence. Like, okay, this guy's really into, you know... Uh, this food and that's fine like that doesn't make him a bad person but then when he knows this then we've lost all sympathy for him from this point forward he knew chef says you had a date not the young woman here tonight what happened to your date oh she broke up with me chef so you brought margo uh-huh margo is pissed chef goes why tyler's like because you didn't offer seatings for one <laughs> so you hired her knowing she'd die Yes. Margo jumps across the table and punches Tyler in the face. <laughs> he gets annoyed and says, calm down. Chef says, for the last eight months, I gave you access to our world. I swore you to secrecy. Why do you think I did this? Uh, because you said I knew a lot about food. Right. You're not like the others. You know what a Paco jet is. You know what the bergamot was. You picked it out. You identified it. You impressed me, but you could tell that he did not impress. He's just mocking Tyler to his face. Uh, but Tyler's floating. He's in love. He's he's loving all of this. Uh, he says, Tyler, you're a cook, and a cook belongs in the kitchen. And he takes him to the kitchen. They give him a jacket. He write his name on it. Tyler is in heaven. And he's like, cook. And Elsa brings everyone. Please rise for the demonstration. Shit is getting tense. And this is like this to me is like every internet troll turned turned on themselves. Like you can go online and say, "How do you make this art better?" You're a lousy cook. You're a lousy artist. Okay, you do it then. Here, here you go. You know all the ingredients. You know everything. You're the uber nerd on these facts. Deliver. Tyler's going to demonstrate his culinary expertise what do you need we have everything leeks shallots he's cutting everything up chef's mocking his cutting everything he's doing what else do you need butter butter leeks and shallots i bear witness to a revolution in cuisine <laughs> super tense tyler cooks up this raw looking lamb dish chef tries it tyler's standing there with tears in his eyes chef acts impressed this is actually quite bad and crushes tyler's entire world <laughs> we hear the bell ring like another course is being served but actually we're introduced to the meal which has just been cooked titled tyler's bullshit which contains undercooked lamb inedible shallot leek butter sauce utter lack of cohesion very funny <laughs> chef looks at tyler and says you are why the mystery has been drained from our art mm. Chef whispers to Tyler, who backs away, broken-looking, crying, takes off his jacket and tie and walks to the back of the kitchen and vanishes. Does that chef speak to you, Chef? The yeah, the mystery being taken away from the art? Uh, I don't think I ever put it to words quite like that, but when he was talking about this, it definitely struck a chord with me. You know, there's... I can't tell you how many times people have come into the restaurant talking like they know what you know talking like they know what they're talking about when in reality they don't have a clue i totally agree you know there are some people out there that can pick out a certain technique or an ingredient choice or you know 
Uh, and it is very impressive. And they clearly have a command on food that the average person and cooking that the average person does it. You know, I, I was going to uh, say when we started the video, but I had interrupted so many times already. But, you know, Tyler comes into the restaurant first and he goes, oh, is that a Paco Jet? And a Paco Jet is a very, uh, you know, it's a high end piece of professional cooking equipment that the average person wouldn't know about. It's very expensive, too. And it kind of runs uh uh, it kind of comes full circle by the end of the movie when, uh, you know, spoiler alert, somebody gets killed with a Paco jet, right? Which, yeah. I, which I thought was so poetic and cool. But um, yeah, as far as characters like Tyler, um, no, enjoying going out to eat and uh, maybe being able and having a, an advanced palate is completely different from cooking professionally or owning a restaurant or being the general manager or a wine sommelier. These are things that you have to put your 10,000 hours into to perfect. And even then you didn't perfect it. In fact, you realize how little you know at that point. Like the older I get and the more I dive into this business, I realize the less and less I know and the smaller and smaller I feel. Uh, but when you have characters like Tyler, um, you know, they, I think it comes down to wanting some type of validation, you know, and there's a lot of insecurity there. So they need to kind of dig in and kind of, you know, need to name drop, so to speak. Right. How, we all know that person that name drops all the time. And generally right. it's out of some form of insecurity and need for validation. What a deep episode. We are kicking ass, <laughs> fellas. Hell We're yeah. getting to the end. We're getting there. Chef looks at Margo. He says, now you are free too." He tells her to follow him. Chef takes her back and tells there is one more savory course left in the menu. They need to begin to prep for dessert. Dessert requires a large barrel, which is supposed to be in the corner. It's not because Elsa forgot to assign someone to bring it in. And Elsa's standing there with her head down in shame. Chef tells Margot, please go get the barrel. Elsa's like, one of us should get it. And Chef says, Margot is one of us. Elsa gives Margot the key to go get the barrel. She walks past a food locker and there's Tyler hanging by his necktie, dead. Chef limps out to the dining floor and is about to clap loudly again when Leguizamo stops him, trying to figure out the situation. He says, do you want to know why you're being punished? Sure. I saw Calling Dr. Sunshine and did not enjoy it. It was a Sunday, my one day off in months, my most precious day, and I saw the film call, uh, Calling Dr. Sunshine alone in the cinema. The memory of seeing your face in that film and seeing it again now, it haunts me. It drives me. What happens to an artist when he loses his purpose? It's pitiful. Woo! Yeah, this is the meanest one. This is, yeah, meanest like one. leave Greg Rizamo alone, dude. <laughs> Just trying to make some money. You know, you get older, you got to do what you got to do. He wasn't hurting anybody. That gets, that gets addressed later on. Leguizamo goes, what about her to his assistant? Chef asks, what school did you go to? Brown? Student loans? No. Sorry, you're dying. <laughs> <laughs> this dude is bitter. I enjoy how bitter he is. He reminds me of someone else. I'll bring it up later at the end of the episode. Margo goes to get the barrel, of it, but instead finds a big-ass knife and grabs that. Uh, she then walks over to the chef's house and sneaks in, but from the inside, and there's Elsa watching her. Margot flips on a light to see the inside of Chef's big-ass house, and there's a metal door. She tries to get in, but it's locked, and out comes Elsa. No one is supposed to be in Chef's house. You have broken the rules, and picks up Margot's knife. 
And on that metal door is like an illustration kind of of like his mom's face. It kind of looks like in the center of the door. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which I I took it as, but yeah. I take care of the customers so chef can take care of the menu. You've been a nuisance since you've arrived. Margo's like, why would you die for him? You will not replace me. And she slices Margo with the knife and a big ass fight breaks out. And she, yeah, what it, what it doesn't she, she hits Elsa with the Paco jet. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then holding the knife, Elsa says, he didn't tell me about the barrel. I didn't forget. And then Margo plunges the knife right into Elsa's neck and she's dead. She grabs the key off Elsa. She unlocks the big metal door and it's a private chamber with all these old pictures and articles with our chef. Margo finds an employee of the month award with a pick of the chef at his first burger job at Hamburger Howie's. <laughs> Margo sees a CB radio, begins trying to signal for help, cut back to the restaurant, and here comes Chef singing happy birthday with this giant, delicious looking cake to one of the frat boys. He looks at the other guys and goes, You told them it was my birthday? And they go, It seemed pretty funny about three hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, he blows out the candles and in comes Margo pushing the big ass barrel. What is that on the cake, Chef? That thing sticking up is that is that like a sugar decoration? What is that? Uh, made hang of? on, I'm trying to fast forward to get there. <laughs> I think yeah, I think it's like that. Uh, my girlfriend made a cake like that once with like the sugar thing where it's so thick, like you could pick it up and it's got like spiky yeah. points on it. We got to bring you in some treats, Chef. Oh yeah, you please do. Yeah. More, some more treats. Hell Let's yeah. See. So here we go. I'm just waiting for yeah this. it's like it's like isomalt or whatever yeah 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 that's isomalt. yeah, yeah. i knew yeah, yeah. i knew what the word wow was. look at you that's, sean shout out to my girlfriend she knows all that actually now that i'm looking at, well so it looks like pulled sugar which uh you know it, uh, typically at least when i've made pulled sugar stuff i did pastry for a short time um there is isomalt in in that yeah it was it, it was originally developed as a sugar substitute but uh ended up being much better suited for pastry uses wow yeah hell yeah i'm a big pastry guy i don't do seafood but i'm big on the pastries 100 <laughs> percent. chef sits with margo at the table he says i'm a monster no i was a monster and a whore but tonight everything i'm doing is pure egoless and at last the pain is almost gone he puts his hand over a candle flame chef's hands asbestos hands i can carry a cast iron from a hot oven to your table with no protection And he puts the candle out with his fingers. Chef, do you possess this trait? No. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot carry a burning hot cast iron 10 feet, you know, uh, to to one table to the other. I definitely have tempered hands for sure. Uh, I even have a tempered mouth from eating hot food literally fresh off the pan numerous times. That's what she said. Hey. Hey. Um, hey. But uh, no, no. no. Um, Yeah, my hands are definitely tempered, but that's a bit of an exaggeration on that. on his end the chef says he can no longer be hurt as dr king said we know through painful experience that freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor it must be demanded by the oppressed like was almost like did he just quote martin luther king and the frat guys are like yep yes he did here comes a boat to the dock blaring its horn shining its light in the dining room chef angrily looks at margo i see you found our radio clear the dining room immediately the chefs start cleaning everything up. That might look suspicious. You may want to ask for help. 
That would be unwise. He cannot help you. Ask yourself two things. Do you want to be responsible for the death of an innocent man? And this entire evening, why didn't you try harder to fight back and get out of here? Honestly, you probably could have. Absolutely. <gasps> yeah. Come up with a better plan. They got no work plan. together. Work well, I don't together. Think, yeah, we look at them separately. I'm not sure there are people that can work together. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. right. So I think you just try to, I don't know, make it distra- make a distraction and try to get out somewhere. There's got to be another door maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of there. In walks the Coast Guard asking about the disturbance. He's looking around like everything is okay, even though everyone looks stressed. He's asking if anyone sent a message using a shortwave radio, and our chef goes, we don't serve our guests shortwave radios with their meals. Everyone is staring at this guy like, please help. And then he recognizes Leguizamo. I'm a huge fan. Chef's like, you should you should get his autograph. Everyone gets hyped like this is their chance. The message is going to get to the Coast Guard. They're going to get out of there. He tells Leguizamo, uh, I love the movie where you're a surgeon. Leguizamo looks at the chef and goes, yeah, calling Dr. Sunshine. <laughs> and the chef looks at him mean as hell. Coast Guard walks away with the autograph, opens it up and sees help us. And he stops, turns around, pulls out his gun, tells everyone to put their hands on their heads. They're begging him for help. Everyone's freaking out. He makes Chef get on his knees. The whole room is relieved. They've all been saved. This prick points the gun at the candle that Chef put out with his hands and lights it and smiles at the Chef and walks away. Oof. What What, what did you think was going to happen there? What did you think before he did that? What did you think was going to happen to this? It was all an act. I couldn't, I couldn't fathom the thought of why, why they would go this over-the-top elaborate to, again... You know, and again, it makes sense. Like, why let them run free for 45 seconds to try to get away? Why let them make believe that they're going to get saved? Like, it's a psychological, like, he hates these people and he wants them to suffer so bad. Uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't know. I, I figured he would die right there. I didn't think that he was in on the plan. Chef, did you think he was going to die? I thought he, I thought that dude was going to die for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did not see that coming. I mean, I guess I wasn't surprised when it happened, but you know, despite how despicable all these people are, I think there was a just a tiny bit of hope of like, oh, maybe there is some help here. You know? Yeah, you got a little excited. Yeah. I, this was my last moment in the movie where I was like, oh, they're gonna kill this guy, need him for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, vertebrae, you need to put that on a shirt. <laughs> i was like here we go yeah. this is this is it this is the moment where i'm gonna be like sean why'd you recommend this movie to me? and so i was like okay funny. it's like so yeah funny. <laughs> oh my god everyone's ready to vomit from the stress uh chef just goes on with his monologue about the staff working as a team you margo from nebraska you betrayed our sacred bond of trust you are careless you're an eater a taker like all the rest final course plating in five yes chef margo comes up with the plan stands her ass up claps and all the cooks stop and address her i don't like your food i would like to send it back (gasps) everyone is shocked 
Chef asked Margot what she disliked about the food. You take the joy out of eating. Every dish you serve has been some intellectual exercise rather than something you want to sit and enjoy. When I eat your food, it tastes like it was made with no love. Chef goes, everything is made with love. It's the most important ingredient. Everybody knows that. She's like, you're lying to yourself. This is, this is a night of hard truths. You cook with obsession, not love. Even your hot dishes are cold. You're a <laughs> chef. Your one mission in life is to give people the food they enjoy, and you have failed, and you've bored me. Hey, our guest. Uh, the worst part is I'm still fucking hungry. Chef is shocked. How hungry? Hello. <laughs> she goes, I'm starved. He goes, what are you hungry for? You know what I'd really like? A cheeseburger. This hits the chef hard. He seems quite happy at the thought of making a burger and says, we can do a burger. She goes, a real burger. Not some deconstructed bullshit. A real cheeseburger. He goes, I'll make you a traditional burger. She goes, I don't think you can. I make you feel as if you're eating the first cheeseburger you ever ate, the cheap one your parents were barely able to afford. She wants it with cheese. Chef says American cheese is the best cheese for a burger because it melts without splitting. Chef, is this true? Very true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she asks how much it's going to cost. Set her back nine ninety five. Does it come with fries? Is the fryer still on? Yes, Chef. We can make fries. He's making his finest creation. Wait, wait! You missed the best part. I think what he said happened? Straight cut or crinkle cut? Straight, or... Crinkle cut yeah. or julienne? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I love that line. That was so good. <laughs> uh, the, he has it. He has his first enjoyable moment. He's sitting there, smiling, recollecting on the old times, making his burger. Builds his creation. Okay, so as a burger guy, I'm the burger guy. Okay, it looks perfect. Perfect until. Uh-oh. He pushes down on it and all the juice comes out of it. Then you're just serving her a soggy bun and now I'm not happy. Uh, I'm no, a- no, I totally disagree with that. Totally disagree with that. <laughs> nope. See, see, a smash burger is a different type of burger from your normal burger where, yes, I do agree when you're smashing it. Yes, you're pushing out some of these juices, but there's one. there are two distinctive things about a smash burger that's separated from everything else and makes it different, but also one of the reasons why I think it makes it so amazing. Number one, typically (laughs) Sean is laughing so hard. Like you pretentious little (laughs) piece. I, 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 it is, I would still eat the burger, but I'm like, you squeezing the, you're making my buns wet. So there's one key thing. Get my buns. That's what she said. Hey. Why do you keep watching the menu, daddy? (laughs) (laughs) So it's, so a smash burger typically always has multiple patties, right? And a smash burger typically always has a really hard char uh, and crispy layer to it. And because there's multiple patties, there's also multiple layers of cheese. And those multiple layers of cheese typically provide a lot of the moisture and the juiciness, right? But also the uh, smash burgers will usually use a higher uh, fat ratio of ground beef so even if you do smash it and you do remove some of the juices there's still plenty of juices to go around versus something that's like an eight ounce patty that you don't smash it's a singular patty but you don't have that like level of char in between several layers so i love a I love me a good smash burger i'm a, I'm a five guys burgers and fries guy myself <laughs> uh this burger this is the, right the two things i would eat in, in this 
this this burger for sure. Totally jealous, hundred percent. I'm okay with all of it. Like that is the first time watching this movie where I'm hungry. Right. Okay. Here. Yeah. He serves Margo this uh, burger with the fries on this white paper plate. She takes a bite, barely. She laughs to herself. She's impressed. The chef smiles. He's delighted. She finally enjoys the food. They smile at each other for a minute. She goes, I think my eyes were bigger than my stomach. Can I get the rest to go? And he hesitates and goes, (laughs) (laughs) Chef goes, one moment, please. And the bell rings and we get the shot of this burger. It's a supplemental course. A cheeseburger. Just a well-made cheeseburger in the description. I also want to hear They wrap it up. They hand it to Margo and they tell her she's free to go. She gets up. She leaves a tip. She grabs all this stuff. And they exchange another peaceful glance at each other. Margo marches out but turns around feeling bad because she knows she is leaving everyone to... I was going to say expire because the kid was listening. But she's leaving everyone to die. (laughs) Miss Liebrandt waves off Margot. Angela from Who's the Boss? She waves off Margot. She says, get out of here. Margot bails. Chef goes, as we reach our final course, there's the manner of the bill. <laughs> yeah, why do this? What is this? Yeah, so funny. So pretentious. Yeah, so So, so bitter. Yeah. Uh, he's like, we're on a no-tip system, so gratuity is included. He tells him, enjoy your gift bag, which contains house-made granola, one of Doug Varick's fingers, and a copy of tonight's menu. (laughs) (laughs) Giving everyone a bill for the food, even though they're all about to die. Chef, thanks them all for dining with them tonight. You represent the ruin of my art and my life, and now you get to be a part of it. Part of my masterpiece. All the cooks begin decorating the floor and the tables with all this food art. They put marshmallow vests on all of our guests and chocolates on their heads. Chef says they're doing a playful take on a classic. The s'more. The most offensive assault on the human palate ever contrived. Chef, do you agree? Uh, I think the s'more is pretty dope. <laughs> I like me. You a put a Reese's peanut butter cup it, on that it too. Is, it is. It is one of the wor- worst design desserts ever conceived. But man, is there something nice about it? <laughs> and no, and they built. They made those va- uh, like ponchos with real marshmallows. So they put them together with like the real marshmallows. So they they the put third a lot meal. of work into that. The third meal I would eat in this movie: the chicken, the cake, probably part of the burger, and this marshmallow vest, definitely. Yes. And also, I have to say... Guys, look at this. I made a giant cheeseburger. Let I me see. Whoa. Oh, I see. It is. I like the patty. See, that's how I like... Don't squeeze the juice out of the middle. <laughs> have, have you guys seen this pillow? It's uh... Oh, it's a piece of beef. <laughs> it's a piece of beef, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> that is awesome. That is amazing. Charlotte, Charlotte. Daddy's almost done, okay? We'll be done soon, I promise. Yeah. We're wrapping up now. Chef says the s'more is everything wrong with us, yet we associate it with innocence, with childhood, with mom and dad. But what transforms this fucking monstrosity is fire. Now it all clicks with everyone in the room. They're about to get lit up. Chef calls it the purifying flame. We must embrace it. Everyone is nodding in agreement as if he is right and they are accepting their fate. All the while, Margot has found the boat the Coast Guard came in on and gets the engine running. 
Chef grabs a burning coal out of the fire with his bare hands. We must be cleansed, made clean like martyrs or heretics. We must be made anew. Miss Liebrandt thanks the chef. Margot speeds away on the boat. Chef stands in the middle of the room, says, I love you all. And now not only the chefs, but the entire room is getting ready to die. And they say, we love you, chef. He drops the coal, ignites the entire room ablaze. The cooks crank the gas on the stove. The barrel Margot dragged in is in the middle of the kitchen. It catches fire and Margot's getting away on the boat. And kablooey! The Hawthorne (laughs) explodes. And they're not tied to the chairs. No, they're willing. No, so like, like it's time to go. I have to say too, like beautifully designed. I don't, what is that called when they the way they designed that with kind of like the sauces that made the ornamental stuff on the floor, does that have a name to it? Like when they do that on a plate? Oh, um, I, if there is, then I don't know what it is, but uh, there is a chef that made that very, that style very popular. His name's Grant Atkins out in Chicago. And uh, he, okay, thank you. Honey. Um, and yeah, he would, uh, he would actually come to your table. They'd lay out a fret. I've never been there, but I've seen videos of it and stuff like that. And he would basically uh, put out a fresh tablecloth and design the final dessert course on your tablecloth table side. Wow. Uh, and, you yeah, know, cool. like you basically eat off the tablecloth. So he's basically turning the tablecloth into a piece of art that you can eat. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sweet. I got to look, look that up. Look it up. Grant Ackett's. Yeah. Why, the, that chef is wild. Yeah. I'm going to be posting so much dope stuff on our Instagram after this episode. (laughs) Uh, On the bottom of the screen, we have the ingredients for the s'more. Marshmallow, chocolate, graham cracker, customers, staff, restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Margo's sitting on the boat. She takes a bite out of her burger. She finishes it, wipes her mouth with the menu. The end. The end. The best burger she's ever had in her entire life. I would say if you go through a situation like this, and you eat something that's really good afterwards, and now you're still alive, right? That's the probably the best food best you've ever had burger, yeah. in yeah. your entire life. Um, yeah. Amazing. This was a very cool movie. Uh, I'm so happy, uh, Chef, that you recommended this to us. This has been beyond, for me, beyond educational, like insanely educational. Like, I will listen to this again and and keep up on it. Um, do you... Chef, did you have anything you wanted to add to this movie? Favorite moments? Anything? anything you love specifically? Oh, there's no favorite moments because there are multiple, you know, favorite moments throughout the whole movie. I, th- I thought this movie was absolutely amazing. I think, uh, though very exaggerated, there were a lot of truths and also a lot of things people can relate to. And um, one of the things I really, really, Charlotte, Charlotte. <laughs> She's jamming in the background. Yeah. Charlotte, can you please stop? Um, what was I saying? Yeah, so I love how the movie ended with a cheeseburger. And for me, that was, and I think for actually most of the audience, that was the relatable point. You know, throughout all that amazing food, all that labor, all the farming and the scavenging for ingredients and fishing, like what we want is comfort and love. And uh, that cheeseburger kind of represented it all, even in in uh, a character as unshakable as the Undertaker. You know, mm-hmm. um, they managed to get you know they saw a bit of humanity in in the chef when he was smiling over a cheeseburger. I thought that was so beautiful and poetic, and 
it's kind of uh, represents, I think, in many ways, how I like to live my life is, you know, through something simple and loving and comforting. Hell yeah. Amazing. Our Thank chef you. reminded me of John Doe from Seven. If he was a chef, mm-hmm. instead of Seven Deadly Sins, he's doing it with these five or six delicious courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie is very violent. It's very funny. It's very weird. It has a great sense of humor. It's bitter. It's spiteful. It's timely. It's topical. Uh, but it is very interesting. I saw it in theaters. I was very excited that we were going to do this. You were the perfect guest for us to do this with. This was one of the most educational and fun episodes. Posting about this is going to be so much fun. Posting all these food pictures and recipes and all these things that I've learned and oil and vinegar and mayonnaise and it's, yeah, yeah. emulsions. 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 Yes. yes. But for anybody listening on the socials at In Madness Pod, In Madness Pod at gmail.com, subscribe to the YouTube, check out our playlist on Spotify. We want to hear from you, your favorite moments from the menu, your favorite parts, your favorite quotes, your favorite lines uh maybe if you had another milking of the alpacas moment but uh i loved every second of this do we have all of our gnarly bits in is that the menu yes yeah the menu menu. yep yeah absolutely chef Chef brian hit the hit the plugs hit all the plugs plugs. yes uh you can find me anywhere you know instagram youtube twitter at chef brian sow sow spelled t-s-a-o I also have a show on YouTube called Pro Chef Reacts where I react to cooking videos, good and bad, and kind of give you a little bit of the why and the science behind what you're seeing and what makes it a good or bad technique and so on and so forth. So definitely check me out. And uh, guys, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Chef Brian. Check out Mission Sandwich. Check out the Hail Sean Sandwich and Mission Sandwich and all the other delicious sandwiches. You guys have a bunch of amazing creations. What you do with those sandwiches is as beautiful as what the art that Chef is creating with all of his. But I think yours is way better and way more edible. (laughs) Uh, Appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Vertebrae, uh, are we good? Are we teasing our next episode? Yeah, let's tease it. I'm Vertebrae33. Add Vertebrae on all the socials. And uh, vertebrae 33 and all the socials in the next episode we're going to do our 13th 13th our our uh, bakers yeah is it. uh is uh named after a girl yeah uh a morgan freeman is in this movie i think we're going to need a morgan freeman intro for oh yes i might have to, to bust out my morgan freeman impression um blue powder <laughs> okay um scary like yakuza gang guy there you go oh chef brian is, is, mm. is, 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 are these any of these hints working I, i'm 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 i haven't figured it out yet it's but, not a um, horror yeah. movie scarlett johansson is in it scarlett johansson okay yeah, i think that'll be all oh the i i know Uh-oh. i know which movie oh, you know yeah, what yeah, it yeah. is all right, well, don't say it it's yeah. our teaser it's a teaser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> teaser that's gonna be our 13th episode but, uh, chef brian thank you vertebrae thank, thank you uh is that it we're good we're good yeah this has been awesome thank you very much thank you for everybody for listening we appreciate your time chef and uh my we'll pleasure see you guys soon.